Welcome to the escape room. Enjoy the game. Time to play the game. Time to play the game! <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the DIU Escape Crew Podcast. I'm Dom. I'm Phil. And here's Phil. Back from Florida. Back from the dead. Podcast before this, you heard that we did a state-by-state, state-to-state, sorry. State-to-state podcast where we had Little Philip on. Yeah. Uh, Philip Squared. Yeah, and it was the first time we did this remote uh, broadcast uh, to talk to other people, and so we decided to try it again on this one. In in the same state, this but time. in the same state, yes. Interstate, yes. We are using Zoom as our audio connection. Uh, you will not see video of this whatsoever. No, I'm not recording it, and you don't need to see our ugly mugs. No, I'm pretty enough as it is. You don't need to see me on the video. Yeah, it is what it is. I take too up too much of the camera. That's how wide I am. Hey. So, uh, we have a special guest. We have Lee back with us. The original bad man. Yeah, speak for yourself, guys, on the, uh, on the appearance thing. I, I found a cute character. I think people should see me. <laughs> okay. Eh, maybe next time. Just because your mom says you're cute doesn't mean it's true. My uh, mama says I'm special. <laughs> um, I didn't hear that last part, but I don't know. Oh, well. Anyway, we're going to talk about this uh, article that we found on reviewtheroom.co.uk. So, from from uh, England, this damn English people, this review company or review group, where they do they do quite a bit of reviews um, on escape rooms. Uh, they posted an article. Uh, is there an actual date on this? January 2nd of 2022. We're reading it on the 7th. Well, talking about it on the 7th. And, uh... Because we're right up with current events. Right. Well, I just happened to find somebody shared this on Facebook. And I thought it was a good topic to talk about. Yeah. Since we don't we don't always need to do reviews on this podcast. Even though no. we are a review group. Uh, I figure we talk about this article that's labeled Things... Escape rooms need to stop doing in 2022. Yeah. Uh, again, we have our guest Lee with us, who's a plug-and-play member of the DIU Escape Crew. Yep. And we sent him the article. So we're going to get three different um, opinions, maybe. Maybe even all the same opinion, but three different looks at this article. Yes. So we'll start with... Again, they on here they have no particular order, but uh, they have okay. So lack of narrative, meaning there was a time when escape rooms. I'll probably read a lot of this word for word, but you know it is what it is. Uh, there was a time, or duh, let's see here. Yeah, I only have a high school education, so be, bear with me here. Time was that an escape room was here's a bunch of puzzles, solve them. And win. A lot of escape rooms are still like that. Yes. Uh, with some tenuous bookending to explain why you're in a prison, laboratory, cheese shop, 
I like that. Yeah. That was funny because we've never done a cheese shop. We did a did a sweet shop. Yes. Not a cheese, not a cheese shop. Wonder if the, wonder if uh, their underwear smells like provolone. Um, like the Sopranos. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, whatever. Who cut the cheese? Mm-hmm. Oh. No one. Uh, I want... They want to play games which tell which tell a story. Where the story drives the game forward. Let's see some characters, revelations, love interests, plot twists. Have more interactive movie experience. Um, stuff like that, which they say surely is a shoe-in for a crime scene game, murder mystery scenarios, and the like. You're in a room. You have 60 minutes to escape. just doesn't cut it anymore. Now, I don't know. I think some do. I think that does cut still, personally. I, I understand where he's coming from, where he wants to be more immersed and he's looking more towards story-driven, everything story-driven. I don't think that's needed. What? Just being story-driven. Not in all of them. No. And a good example that pops right into my head immediately, and it's one that I reference all the time, is uh, The Box. Yeah. Which was a room full of boxes that you have to open. And I, uh, you know, I think that if there's, if there's too much of a narrative, it could take away from the puzzle. Okay. Because you're thinking about the narrative too much. Okay. I don't mind having a theme. I think having a theme is cool, you know. But personally, when I'm in there, I don't need to know, you know, being reminded of every character in it all the way through. But okay, that's just me. How about you, Lee? Well, the article is written by Alan Koo. And, uh, you know, so these are all his musings that people are discussing. I, I think I'm, I can see both sides of this. The marketability of the narrative helps attract interest. And I'm wondering for on your guys' experience, like when you guys have like the room, like when you guys are thinking of it in terms of technically going to a room like the box where you have a bunch of different puzzles to solve, which in and of itself kind of is a theme itself, mm-hmm. might appeal to your technical nature, but maybe for a more casual fan who doesn't do this as a as a as a as a more or less as a hobbyist that the narrative adds that extra allure to it so to speak that you can start thinking you can actually you know i think that phil's point you can actually overthink the themes right that's yeah. that's kind of the point I, I was trying to make yeah i can see that yeah i kind of don't but, need i mean i i think a theme is needed 90 percent of the time mm-hmm um, but as far as, you know, having an in-depth story that's constantly being brought up with characters that are constantly being brought up and thrown in your face, to me, if I want that, I'll go to the movies. I don't know. I th- well, I think the challenge of doing a narrative style, one that, that focuses on a story, is you have 60 minutes pretty much with this narrative only, 
And the part of the challenge, I think, of appreciating anything of that nature is that you're trying to you're trying to solve this 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 game. That's really what they are. They're games. Right. And you you don't want to fail. And if you get caught up too much in trying to be part of a story, as 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 Mr. Koo mentioned in this uh, article about he's looking for, you know, a, a much more of a plot twist. There's not a lot of time to do to really develop a story that depth yeah no i agree yeah i can see that but see now we can go into that and say we did five wits yes everything was story driven yes five wits and it's still i mean granted that is pretty much a separate entity in itself in a way and as as far as escape rooms go but you look at the just the fairy tale one alone that you didn't have to remember everybody in it, but that story, this, each story for each of those rooms carried out throughout the whole game. Right. And it was completely and totally story driven. Right. Um, where, again, there was no padlocks, but it was all technical technology locks. And, you know, whatnot. Yeah. So, so go ahead. Based, on that, based on that experience you're talking there with that, while you guys were doing that particular room with the the, the themes and the, and the storyline, did you appreciate it while you were doing the going through it, or did you? It was more of a, in reminiscence and review afterwards. That you go, hey, that was kind of a cool idea. Like you didn't, you picked up on things much more afterwards in review. I think I, the second. I think. Yeah. I think that you know <clears throat> when I'm in that when I was in those rooms. You know, I was concentrating on the puzzles and, you know, the the immersion of it, too. But it was once you really got out of the room and you looked back on it, like you were saying, that's when the that narrative, you start talking about the narrative more. Um, but when I was in there, like I said, to me, you know, I'm more focused on the puzzles. And if while you're working on the puzzles, the narrative keeps popping up. You know, to me, it kind of breaks your train of thought a little bit. Okay, I see what you're saying. So, do you think you need less of a narrative in these new rooms coming in, or do you think you need more of a narrative? Because the way that this is looking, they need more narrative in these rooms now. I want coming into 2022. Personally, for me, I'm fine with just having a theme. And not having a narrative that keeps popping up through it. So theme and a backstory. Yeah. And you know, you, you have you have the backstory that they give you on the video. Yep. You have the theme of it, which that's what we use to pick the rooms most of the time. Um, other than that, I'm fine. You know, but I just, I mean, maybe it's me, but having a narrative that keeps popping up and having a story that keeps popping up well you're just part of the story now to me it it breaks my concentration on what i'm doing right okay. you find it distracting yes exactly right. yeah i think that, i think in order to really execute a narrative or a story of some nature i think that the time frame is probably going to be too pressed to make it really all that meaningful i think to the experience mm-hmm. i think the story you tell going into it you know to help frame your mind I think if they maybe pick out a couple of particular 
maybe you know as opposed to trying to tell like a like it talks about interactive movie experience if you like Swiftel says if you want a movie go to a movie this is not going to be it in an hour it'll be too much of a like cliff note experience in my opinion yeah no i think no, that, i agree with you i think that I if think you so took too. a room that was meant to be an hour-long experience with the puzzles and solving it and then you add all this other uh, narrative and storylines that keep popping up repeatedly I think you need, you know, twice the amount of time in the room because you needed that first hour to do the puzzles. So now if you're going to be constantly interrupted, you know, then, yeah, now you got to stretch that time out. Okay. Well, let's look like to me, if, if it's, it's, this is kind of going to show our age here, but back in the uh, old days when we, with video games, for example, you'd, you'd go buy a video game, you you plug it in and, and you hook it up and you start it up right away and you can just jump right into the immersive experience of the video game and you and you're, and you're done with that thing and then over time as you start doing stories and, and ultimas and things of that nature people will probably hear how old we are at that point that became a much more time-consuming experience to really get into the whole narratives and the interactivity of a story and developing a plot and stuff like that and i think that would ruin what people go to to, to the uh escape rooms for no, I agree. And I think if you're going to use that as an example, my example is I'd rather play Pac-Man than Zelda. I was just going to say I'd rather play Pac-Man than Super Mario Brothers because there's the story too. You know, Zelda to me was that first game that had... Really stopped you. Yeah. You know, read and, everything. Yeah. And I, you know what? I don't need that. I'm fine with just having a, a pie-eating dots. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, that makes sense. All right, so you're kind of disagreeing with this guy. And I, I, honestly, I, I kind of am too. Um, yes, as much as you like the backstory, unless the backstory really has something to do with the room code-wise or answer-wise, right? do you really need it? Now, the flip side of that mm -hmm. is if a place uses the same theme throughout all their rooms, mm -hmm. um. Uh, puzzle theory. Yes. Right? Is they carry that same theme throughout all their rooms. Uh, the guy we did, the 13th hour. Okay. 13th gate. Yep. Uh, it's the same family members, same everything throughout all the rooms. Right. But it's not thrown in your face every five minutes of, okay, well, now this family member did this and this family member did that. Very but true. They continue with the same theme. Yep. If that makes any sense. No, it does. It does. And like you said, with that too, you you'll get notes that okay, John Hayden did this, or John Hayden right. did that, or the grandmother did this, grandma aunt did this. The yeah. So there's a, that's that reoccurring theme throughout yeah. that room, but it's not overshadowed. It doesn't right. overshadow the room itself. Exactly. Which he wants. Seems like he wants this stuff to overshadow rooms now. Fuck that guy. <laughs> I just I, I just don't know how you could do it in really some of the a lot of these rooms are two are, are two spots two type of two you know beginning and an end type thing of a you know two halves of a of an experience you can really do this that successfully in a limited time frame with limited real estate. Well, that's the trick, mm -hmm. and we've seen a couple that have been done successfully, but it's a couple. It's not a whole lot of them, right? You know, most of them is just pure theme. Um, we've done one or two that don't even need a theme. 
but I would say out of all the ones that we've done, 250 some odd rooms, there's only been a handful that that storyline enhanced the room. Yes. You know what I mean? It was more like the room enhanced the storyline. Yes. When the rooms we have done. Yeah. Um, a lot of the time. Yeah. yeah. So you would say that the uh, those type of rooms that, that had this, the storyline, it was probably not overarching in terms of like storyline is so noticeable versus the theme of the room and the, and the puzzles. But compared to all the other ones you've done, they really stand out and say like, say your top 10 uh, escape room experiences as being, all right, this is the one you have to go do. Not necessarily. No. No, like I says, I keep referring to the box, and the box has really no theme. It's There's no story to it at all. It's really, okay. and there's another one. The, the story is, is that you're just in a dark room. The theme is that it's a Joker, not Batman Joker, even though there is a picture of the Batman Joker. It's just a Joker theme. Or um, uh, Killer Joker's. Uh, Swiss theme. Original. Swiss Original is another one. Is another one that we just love. And it's just puzzles. It's just puzzles and locks. Yeah. And they don't screw around. Here you go. You have an hour. See you in an hour. Yeah. You have an hour to get through this whole room. Um, okay. That, that's the difference. But like you said, even though with the box, you said that there's really no theme. There is a clown. Uh, it's, yeah. Clown theme. You're it. right. It's killer clown theme to it. Right. Whether I, I shouldn't be saying Joker because everybody's just going to think of Batman's Joker. Yeah. But it's a killer clown theme. Um, I mean, they give away yeah. the Pennywise pop doll, right? But it's will. a clown theme, but it's not it's a story. A, it, right? There is no actual. There's story no to actual it. story. It's, their story is that it just gets brighter as you go on. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like I disagree that that for this one here that it's not really imperative at, for people who who create these these escape rooms to make this into a, a serious modification priority for for the 2022 builds. Right, they right, shouldn't. Yeah. You shouldn't need scripts in order to do yeah. escape rooms. If you could pull it off, that's fine. Right. I mean, granted, it all depends also too on how, if you have live actors in there, yeah, stuff like that. Then yes, then you get a little more theatric. But that's a part of the room itself. Right. Um, I don't want to give the spoiler out, but we know which room we're talking about, where there was a script in there. Actually, we'll use masterpiece. There's a semi script in that thing. Yep. At the beginning. Uh, it's semi-scripted because they're in character when they give you clues. Yep. Okay. Another one, I, I don't want to give it out because it's probably one of our favorite rooms ever. But And I think you know which one I'm talking about. That is kind of scripted. It's down in Florida. Yes. Okay. Oh, yes. Uh, they should be opening a new room pretty soon. Yes. I don't want to give it away. But, yes, there's one aspect that's it's scripted like a movie. Yeah. But yeah, it doesn't break your theme. It doesn't break... Right. Anything. So, in certain aspects, yes, there should be a little more narrative. In other aspects, no, just leave them alone. Yeah. So, that's the way I'm looking at it. All right, let's move on to the next topic here. So, death by padlocks. I know you guys have enjoyed many, many padlocks. Goddamn padlocks. Padlocks are fun. But, all right, so death by padlocks. I'm almost, I'm almost loath to, this guy has got to learn how to type. Well, you got to learn to read. I'm almost loath to. Maybe that's English. Well, it could be. Include this as I love padlocks. I don't. Um, what's this guy's name again? Alan Coe. Alan Coe, yep. Alan Coe. 
Like uh, David, I would go. Second game he's ever played was like an explosion in a padlock factory, which we've done a room like that. Yes. Uh, and he was in Hog Heaven. Like but a room full of locks has been done now. Yeah. And all too often, it's been done badly. I agree. Yes. Get a key, open a lock to find a key to open that next lock. To get a key to open that next lock. And so on and so forth. We've Thank done you. that. Yes. Getting a four-digit code and scrambling your team to start dialing it into several otherwise unremarkable padlocks was fun five years ago. Um, again, I, I agree with him here. Uh, and it depends on the padlock, though. Um, he's To me, a padlock is a key and a lock, not a combination I guess it's a combination padlock, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I would, I mean, the old ones from the old school lockers are padlocks, and that's a dial. Yeah. And then a directional lock would be considered a padlock, yeah. too. Uh, as long as the locks are new, not shiny as hell, and you're able to see the numbers, whether you have a light shining on it or dim light or something, you could see those numbers and or letters, I'm okay with padlocks. I'm okay with them, but I would I agree with everything you just said. Yeah. Um, I'd rather see a directional lock than anything any other kind of lock because that's me personally. I agree with that too. Um, and but the big thing with me is I like locks that fit the narrative that fit the theme. Okay, there you it know? is. Yes. If it's a if it's a old decrepit. Uh, Mausoleum. Mausoleum so. or a pirate ship or whatever, and you have a brand new shiny lock on it that, you know, it just doesn't fit it. But if you get one that's weathered. And it's like and, a skeleton key. Yeah, skeleton key way, kind uh, of thing. You know, I would rather open up those all day mm -hmm. because it fits the story. It fits the, it fits the immersion of it. Yes. I should say. Because the other ones, once you break that immersion, then you start losing interest a little bit. I agree. I agree 100%. Um, now, we did one to three of us up at... Um, oh, geez, what was that last place we went to? React? Yes. And there was one or two locks there that were just so shiny and new that... You didn't think it fit. Yeah, you can't, it doesn't fit that old aesthetic of the, of what the room's supposed to be. A haunted Sherlock room. Yeah. And okay. they're so shiny and new that you're right. You can't read them. You know? But. That's what I said um, when we were talking to your son last time. I had mentioned that. we, You know, he, he likes some of the old school locks. He likes the technology. But when I said, you know, when you're using those number locks and letter locks, in all reality, me, personally, I'd rather see those master locks that you turn the dials with the little nubs on them. They yep. have a couple nubs here and there because those things are easy to read. Yep. Um, granted, I'm older. I probably need glasses. But yes, you definitely need glasses. For very small writing, I do. But, come on. I'm, 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 in, I'm okay with padlocks, but I, would like, I personally like variety. And I could see as people go through, say, the first room of, of, a, uh, of a game that 
they have different padlocks to build their confidence. You solve the first puzzle with, the, with maybe a key lock or something like that. Cool. Move on. Next one, maybe a combo lock. Open that one. Then you start getting the more sophisticated locks um, as they progress through the game. I, I definitely don't want to see uh, the same kind of lock over and over and over again. I, I kind of get, in my opinion, I get kind of bored with the, uh, the, the, the familiarity with it. Well, my whole thing, and again, getting back to that, uh, just like here, you know, you get a four-digit code, and now you're scrambling because you see the same exact lock all over the place. So right. now that four-digit code can go into all four of those locks right. or all ten of those locks that happen to be in the room that are identical. Right. Change them up. I do kind of like his idea, Lee's idea, about as you progress through the room, the locks get harder. Yeah. I, 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 I do kind of like that idea. I can see that. Um, but I just, and the, the other thing about locks is, and we've seen this and the one that sticks out in my head is the Houdini room that we did down in North Carolina, South Carolina. Oh, timed out. Yes. Where there was a bar holding a cabinet closed that had five or six locks on it. Oh, more than that. I thought it had like 13 locks. No, it it wasn't. 13 was, uh, North Carolina Indian trail. That was the whole, that was the end of that thing though. That was made purposely to do it that way yeah but i mean we did the other one that houdini one and just you know there's so many locks on it that and you had to find every key it was tough to do where in reality they could have put one lock on it two locks on it and you're done yeah do a top and a bottom pull the thing out and you're done yeah i I think after two locks unless there's a specially designed for more i think once you get past two locks it's because a time waster it is but on the flip side of that, now we look at the 13 locks, which was in missing at uh, Indian Trail, uh, Masterpiece Indian Trail. Um, that was part of the theme of the room was there was 13 deaths, 13 souls to unlock, 13 locks. Okay. That was, that was the point of that. Now, that brings you back to your first topic. How important is that theme? Right. True. You know? Because True. In, 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 in my mind... I don't need that 13 locks, even though it's 13 deaths or whatever. But in my mind, that's a big time waster right there. Now it is. But three years ago, it wasn't. It was cool as hell. Yeah. (laughs) So, (laughs) but speaking of that, I think Masterpiece won a bullshit award this year. Uh, Anyway, uh, moving on to this part, though, because this is in here. Like, if the game, lack of signposting. Um, this is where they're saying, like, instead of scrambling everybody, once you get a four-digit code and putting it into a lock, it should tell you what lock it goes to. Yeah, I kind of like when there's a black key and then there's a black lock. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, stuff like that makes sense. That's, that's, was my, that's also where I was getting to, too, that you get four digits, four letters, whatever it is. Don't buy the same exact lock, though. Either yeah. we've ran into that where they've it's the same exact lock, gold, with a blue line right down the middle. Next one to it, gold with a blue line right down the middle. Of, well, what the hell? Like yep. you can't make it a different lock, different color lock, stuff like that. And if you jam that key going into the lock, then you're gonna say, oh well, it doesn't fit this lock. You go into the next one, 
and you just disregard the first one, even though that's the one it was supposed to be in. Yes. And it's just your stupid fat sausage fingers that I have yeah. that don't make it work right. Yeah. No, see that that's you shouldn't have to scatter and guess what lock it goes to once you find that code. Right. I mean, I guess if you again, I mean, we do rooms two or three people. I guess you're bringing a half a dozen people in the room. You know, maybe it gives everyone something to do. You know, we've all done rooms with, you know, the three of us together where we were in there with, you know, half a dozen people, if not more, and everyone needs something to do. I mean, you got to do something. Well, that's the other thing that we hate now that now that it's pandemic time and all that, that kind of worked out for us is that public rooms. Yeah. Which I don't think he actually talks about that at all in here. No, he doesn't. I don't think that's even a thing anymore. But, uh, so, but like I said, lack of signposting for it. Um, look at the one room we did where we had to unlock. There was two locks for one box. And that was kind of overdoing it. Yeah. Um, they talk about that in here, too, and I forget where it is. I'm sure we'll find it. Or those but, Chinese doll kind of boxes where everyone Russian going dolls. down has a lock on it. Russian, Russian dolls, dolls yeah. whatever you call them. Uh, it was very worldly. Say that again? It was very worldly. Oh, yeah. I am. Yeah. I am. Yeah. You see all the racist face, mar- face expressions he's doing right now. No, I'm, kidding. <laughs> um, I'm kidding. He's not racist. <laughs> he hates everybody. I hate everyone just the same. Yes. Um, but, yeah. Um, here they have the lack of, lack of uh, signposting. If the game lends itself to, I don't know, e.g., multiple similar combo locks, which is what we were just talking about, they give us some signposting to correlate. See, I only have a high school education. Uh, the solution back to the relevant lock. Yeah, the grammar of the uh, of the writing there wasn't isn't accurate, but it's really bad. Like B moan. What the hell is that? We be known yeah. a player who spins for the final digit of a combination, yet by design expect them to discover which lock a new code is acceptable via trial and error. This is dictomy? Dichotomy. Dichotomy. I have no idea what dichotomy Who are you calling a dictomy? <laughs> it could be a dictomy. I don't know. Trying not to swear on our on our show, but they're not letting us. Well, that <laughs> that, that happened to Philip when we were down in Florida, okay, and we played that room at that place we'll never go back to. Oh yes, where he guessed at. Yes, you're right. We had no idea, and we he was just guessing numbers, and they frowned upon it to the point that they took time away. Yes, and we're That's like, right. it's a guessing game. It's an hour of guessing. How could you, you know, and I don't know. I don't. I don't ag- agree with that. I think that. I think you know, guessing is a part of the game. Yeah. To be honest with you, you're in an escape room. You're paying for the hour as it is. You should be able to. I mean, granted, we shouldn't have to be able to guess the final code within five minutes and get out, which has right. happened to us by accident. But there is an element of guessing 
in this in these in these games. But but this is that what the what what Wu's actually saying here, Koo, sorry, Koo's is talking about is, was really to what your point was earlier is when you talk about having say two or three locks that are that physically have the same appearance yeah. and the same design colors, you want to be able to find have your clue and know which lock you should go to versus having to go a b c and just try on all of them because then you know one it's it's coming across as a desperation experience trying to solve a lock versus trying to get through the lock right yeah and then you know pretty much you 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 find yourself more or less scampering around versus uh really enjoying that particular solve yeah it's almost like time wasting right it's like it's 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 like you you figure out a, a found digit of a code and then everything else is trial and error because the code doesn't necessarily align with anything directly that you understand which one you should be applying it towards. Right. No, yeah, right. You're, you're 100% right there. Um, another one here is um, lack of feedback for solves. This always bothers me. It, it really does. And what, basically what it's saying is you solved the puzzle. And you press the big flashing red button. Yep. And you think nothing happened because the door that opened didn't have a noise to it. You didn't even hear it open or pop yeah. open. Or, or something dropped from the ceiling and you didn't notice it. You didn't notice it. And there's been times that, you know, the game master says, well, if you turn around, what was open that wasn't open before? And then you just feel like an asshole because, oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm just an idiot that didn't see. You know, the big banner fall from the sky, or I didn't see the, right. the door open. Well, we've done that a couple of times. Yeah. Easily a couple of times. There's been times that you actually had to keep holding the button down so that somebody could get over to the thing and open it. Yeah. And every time you would let go, it would relock again. Right. And um, I don't know. It just, you know, it's one of those things that the you can't be that aware of your environment of an environment that you just stepped into, mm-hmm. you know, there has to be some kind of bell or chime or noise or something. All they got to do is put a spring in there so that when it opens, it has enough force to just knock against something. Right. Or stay open. Yeah. Stay open. We I, ran think into that. Upon, I think it depends upon the room. I think it depends upon the room and the experience. Uh, I don't want to jump ahead too much, but, Go ahead. Uh, you know, like for example, if you're in a room, especially with some of these rooms, and there's like the three of us or four people in a room, and it, the room's not super big, and you, you know, you do perform an action, and you can hear or see something as a reaction, some movement or whatever. I think it depends a lot on the lighting of the room, how busy the room actually is, where if you can't notice something, you know, that that'd be I think a part of the game design itself. Yeah, no. I don't necessarily need. Yeah, a, I agree. Bell. With that. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you press the button and you hear a chime go off or something, but, you know, it's tucked around the backside of a corner in a dark thing that you would never know was there anyways, then, you know, what good is it? Right. I mean, you guys have done 250 plus of these things. I think you guys are pretty well aware of when you've solved a a particular puzzle and can move on to the next step. Believe it or not. No. No. You're not really no because like we just mentioned before, um, we did something in North Car- um not North Carolina, New Hampshire, and this is where I was saying that we had to keep a button pressed down in order for something to stay open. Yep. 
Now here we had to press something down. We heard a click, mm-hmm. but didn't realize it was in the other room. Yep. This is a multi-room game. So he was in one room. Phil's in one room. I'm. I when he hit that button, we heard the click. I had to walk back to the other room and figure out what was open. Then he got up. I couldn't see what was open, and then we're like, "Oh, is this supposed to open?" And then went back, pushed the button again, and while I was standing there, was able to open it. So it locked every time you let go of the button instead yeah. of it popping up and that's, staying open. Yeah, that'd be that'd be game design, and, and it is game also design, you, But that's what we're saying of, for lack of solves. Yeah. You know, there should be something there that says, okay, should be a noise of some sort, a buzzer sound, um, anything to let you know that you opened something. Yeah. But that door should stay open when you hit the right combination or hit the right button or do what you have to do. Yeah. It shouldn't automatically lock once you get up or let go. Actually, we ran into that in Escape the Pike, Merlin's vision. Yes. That if something wasn't perfect, perfectly on the table, yes. that door, you heard it unlock, but you barely heard it. Unless you were standing right by that door where I was sitting. Yep. But you went to go open it because the book shifted, it locked again. Yes. Now that should have popped open and a spring should have held it open. Yes. Okay. And that that's what I'm saying. Like, there should be some kind of noise. That's what he's trying to say. Some kind of noise for anything that is. You've done, huh? So you said basically you're, you're, what you guys are saying. You want things to be a little bit more obvious when you correctly solve something. Yes, it should be a little more obvious. To, it should be a lot more obvious what, when you solve something. Now, yeah. now, what about here? Where he talks about if you did something wrong, he's looking to find. Let's say it is a four-part puzzle you guys are working on. Yep, and. You know, you don't know which part you're getting wrong out of, out of this particular comp- uh, four components. He's asking for some sort of audi- audible or some sort of noticeable thing to detect which part you're getting wrong, like a buzzer or, you know, this is three out of four is wrong. That's Something on like the that. game master. And that's where the game mm-hmm. master should be paying attention to your game. Well, I, I, I think that's the. Go ahead. I think that's the big like again. So I don't want to jump ahead to to one of the other topics that he brings. No, okay. with the, with no, the game right. master. We don't have to actually go in any specific order here because he's in no specific order. Yeah. So, but true. I understand. You tell us what what you think. What you were. I think say. the uh, the the games the games master component. I think is is probably among the most imperative pieces of the game. Mm-hmm. They they can get a feel for as as you spend probably in the first twenty minutes of them of them watching the players like you guys are very experienced players if you brought in a bunch of people who are brand new at this to, to basically what they're really looking to do is provide an entertaining experience everyone goes in there maybe with some different expectations you guys go in there looking for technicalities and to solve things and compare against other escape rooms. Other people might be going in just for a good experience of, of something different and going to see a movie going bowling. Right. So I think the games master can sit there and watch the what's going on and figure out because you know, you're not you guys and I have about done ones before where like we don't want to have to ask for help, but at some point we go, screw it. We're not getting beyond where where we're stuck at, and you call out and then they provide it. Mm-hmm. 
I think that the 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 attention of whoever's whoever's directing the game can help provide some of these things without necessarily going that crazy with chimes or buzzers or anything like that. Well, no, I think you're right, and I think um, getting back to the original thing of you know, there's four parts to this puzzle. Um, I th- I think it it is the game master's responsibility to say you got three things right, one of them is in the right place. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we've you know we've heard of that before. Which in the game itself, as you're playing it, that gets kind of annoying because then you start flapping things around. But it's really the most useful and honest way that they can answer it without giving you the right answer. Right. You know, but it's um that if that game master isn't on their on the game then you know when you have these three and four part answers it could really it could really screw you it can you know we've done ones where it's a three or four part answer and it takes up half the game mm-hmm. and if that game master is just sitting there laughing at you or picking his nose or talking to someone else or whatever it could really kill you no, and and I agree with you. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I think that's about it for that one. Well, we got what? What's yep. next on the list here? Oh, they do also. Touch... Go ahead, sorry. Uh, do not touch stickers. The next topic. Well, I was going to say, like they have here, also similarity to a blacklight. Oh, yeah. They should have real black lights in there. Yeah, black light. I mean, I could talk about black lights all day. And they 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 think not to don't make the whole scope of the entire room with it. I don't have a problem with that as long as you can make the whole room whole dark. game dark. Yeah. I I actually like checking out the whole room. And uh if you've played with us then you know that the first thing Dominic does is go, "Okay, here's the black light and hands it off to me and I go yeah. searching all the walls." Right. Um and you could actually see better other things with the black light anyway, but that's yeah. besides the point. But, I mean, this, what what bothers me is you could buy a good, honest black light, not just a colored lens, yeah. but a good, honest black light that has a nice scope on it, a nice um, big lens on it, I should say. And it's not going to cost you a whole lot more than those little ones. Right. That's durable. The batteries don't eat up on it. It always works, and again, the lights have to get off in the room. Yeah, it, it, it got to be, be a dark room. Like we did, we'll use an example. We did the room at uh, the asylum at one hundred and one. Yep, where that room was probably one of the brightest rooms we've ever done. Yes, light wise, because you could see outside. Yep, and the poorest use of a black light. Yes, because you could you couldn't see the black light writing ink. You yep. really couldn't. You had to you had to stand there with glasses on and a magnifying glass just to you can try to see it. Yeah, with the light shining on it. And it also brings you to another point. You know, we a lot of these places with this pandemic have to really adapt to the cleaning yes. and the maintenance and. Most of the places that we've played have done a bang-up job uh, keeping everything clean. Now, when you're wiping stuff down every hour with a spray cleaner, it wipes things off that are on the wall. And it wipes off these marks. 
and part of the job of the game master while they're resetting the room should be, hey, let's just make sure this marker's still on the wall. Yep. Or put it on the backside of the plexiglass, plexiglass or, or glass or whatever. Right. So that the cleaner isn't even getting to it. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a good point. Yeah, we've done ones where because uh, most of the time, let's 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 be honest here. Most of the time, the way that they're cleaning is they're just sending a fog through. Yep, and it's not really wiping it down. It's just sending the fog through. Some parts, I guess, you're wiping down if it gets a little hazy, but and they wipe off the ink. Yeah. So if yeah. you wrote it on the back side, you wouldn't have to worry about. Yeah, we did losing. one where it was a whole map of the world or the United States or whatever. Right. And the and it was covered with plexiglass. And we're shining this black light on it, and we don't see anything. Right. And the girl was like, no, it's there. It's, it's there. It's there every game. It's, But they were supposed to have written it on the back side where it doesn't get washed off. Yes. They wrote it on the front side, and she didn't realize that it had gotten wiped off. And it just, you know, it's a time killer. It, well, the black, God, the black light experience. I think is a. I think it's a, it's a it's a good technique in it to essentially take what maybe it's just, just really two rooms and turn and create a third. Mm-hmm. I kind of uh, aesthetically, I kind of put it into the same experience as like going to Las Vegas, New York, New York roller coaster. You ride it during the day; it's one experience. You ride the same exact thing at night; it's a different one. So I, I the, but you're absolutely right. The black light, if they're going to put the effort into introducing that element, it has to be done comprehensively and very thoroughly. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, I agree a hundred percent. The only other issue that I have with, with black lights, and it might just be a nitpicky thing is, and I love black lights, but if they're used for multiple puzzles, they shouldn't be in the same room. You know what I mean? The puzzles shouldn't be in the same room. You know, because yes. you, you go over, I mean, me, I take the black light, I hit every corner of every wall. Yep. And you find all these things. And now you go and you look on the desk, and now you're finding something on the desk that goes to a different puzzle. Right. Well, as a player who's only been in this room for 10 minutes, you don't know if everything that you're seeing goes to the same puzzle or if it goes to multiple puzzles or whatever. And, you know, if they were separated in separate rooms, then you'd say, well, oh, okay, well, that's that's different. Um, and I think part I of that goes to the game master, too, that when they see you going down that rabbit hole of different yeah. things, could say, well, no, okay, just concentrate on these for now. You'll use those later. But when they're on the wall and they're on the desk and they're in the notebook, and it's all in the same room, it gets kind of convoluted. Right. No, and I, I agree with you with that. I think I think we've all been through the experience where we where in some rooms where we find the black light probably earlier than the games master really expects us to. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And now we're all you know so now we're distracted of course by the black light. We're looking around like Phil says, looking at every nook and cranny. More or less, that's taking us away from where the game is supposed to take us towards. And then when we, when we might find a clue inadvertently that's meant to be seen later. And now we're completely all, you know, just garbled up in terms of where our attention to be. Right. Yeah. So I yeah. think you're right. No, I, I, I agree I with you. It would be the blacklight stuff and let phase one be 
get used to the game, get immersed in the experience, and then phase two of the game has me that component in there. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Now moving on. <clears throat> what do we got? Do not touch stickers. I really don't like these. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I agree with you totally there. <clears throat> I understand them, but after reading this article, I agree with this guy. Um, nothing smashes immersion faster than, quote, this is not a part of the game, quote, stickers. If it's not a part of the game, why can I see it? I agree with that. Why can I interact with it? Chase cables into walls, or if you're on a budget, box it off. Plywood and paint ain't expensive. <clears throat> well, maybe not. Paint, uh, maybe plywood's not expensive in the UK, but here in the US, plywood actually got very expensive. <laughs> all, wood, all wood is going up. But aside from that, uh, I agree. There should be some way of it being blocked off. Um, we did one room that I'll use the prime example for was the Torrington room, the art room. Oh, yeah. With the final puzzle that the owner couldn't even do it. But everything that was marked that you couldn't touch or wasn't a part of the game was marked in green, lime green tape. Yep. Fluorescent green tape, whatever. Do not touch. Okay, that's fine. There was a door. Yep. I wasted a lot of time on that door. I wasted a lot of time. You wasted. Fred wasted. I think Gary was the only one that didn't even walk over to it. Yeah, no, Phil was wasted. <laughs> Actually, after this game, we all were. We wasted. all went. <laughs> um, but come to find out, that room only went to the electrical room where the breakers were for the whole building. Well, why wasn't? First of all, things you're not supposed that aren't in play are supposed to be marked green. So that should have been marked green. Yes. On the flip side of that, there was an easel in the room. That was marked green. Yes. Do not use. That you had to use. What he said, and he had to be real specific about it, is that don't touch the locking nut on the back. Well, mother lover, just tell us that. Don't mark it green, because we would have never thought to use the easel in the final code. Right. That and, he still couldn't get rid of. And there's ways around it. He could have just gotten black tape and wrapped the hell out of that nut so it can't move. And with the door, that's on the Game Master. If your Game Master is paying attention and everyone in the room is wasting 10 minutes on this door, then, you know, a little ding could come up on the screen and say, hey, that's not part of the game. Right. But being in this room, it should be... There was nothing stopping him from putting a curtain over it mm-hmm. and stapling it to the wall so you can't get to it. Yep. So now, monkey, you, you know, can't see, can't use it. Yep. Like right here. Shouldn't be able to see it. Now, most of the time, uh, the stickers don't bother me a whole lot because a lot of the times they're small. And, you know, after reading this article, they're starting to bother me a little bit more. Yep. Uh, because he's right, there, there there are ways around it. My question to you would be, instead of having a sticker that's the size of a quarter, that, you know, okay, I can't touch it because of that, what if 
they put something over that that fit the theme of the room. Mm-hmm. And they said, okay, when you see this particular marking, it's not part. It's not part of gameplay. Would I, that be better? I think it would be. You know, if it was a, if it was a dungeon theme, because I don't or, think you would even pay attention. Or to a pri- it. or a, a pirate theme, and instead of having a red dot on it, they found a little skull that he put on it. Skull or crossbones. Or yeah. Something. Right. You know, would that would that be better in your mind? I think it would because it would fit the theme somehow. Um, and I understand you want to put "Do Not Touch" or something on electrical outlets. I, I'll go with that all day long. Yep. But they also make those plastic safety covers that, yeah, you just plug in, and they say anyway, don't touch electrical outlets when you're in the rooms. Right. But no, if if it if that that sticker fits the room, then I would say it's fine. Especially if you're not gonna really notice it. Yep. I mean, there's not. I mean, in all the rooms we've done, there haven't been. That many that stuck out, but the ones that have been really did stick out. Yeah. Um, there's some places that told us anything with a red lock is out of play. Yep. And I think that was, that had to do with the place in Florida that we did uh, across the street from uh, Twin Peaks. Uh, it was the second year we went down. Uh, the escape game, the America's, America's game. Yeah, America's. They said anything with a red lock yep. is not in play. We still tried to keep it in play because there's locks there. Right. Um, there should be different ways to change that up and say, hey, don't play with this. Yep. Um, we ran into it with... Go ahead. It's, it's details, really, when in the, in the design and, and the aesthetics of the game. You know, part of the thing that people are thinking are doing when they put these things together is, you know, they want to provide a good immersive experience and, and things of nature. And perhaps based on the, the facility they're renting or what they built, they, there are certain things they can't get away from uh, based on the, the real estate that they're playing with. But... I think the introduction piece that when you walk in to learn about the story, so to speak, or the theme, and you know, and they set the rule, the ground rules up that they do at every place that I've been with you guys so far. You know, it's pretty clear. Like one of the first we went to, they said, if the thing doesn't move, it's 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 there's nothing. It's not not part of the game. You know, if it's yep. if it's bolted to the ground, it's not going to be there. I definitely am in, in agreement with you guys that if if you're in a room that, where the games are involved locks. And they say, "Oh, the red locks are nothing you're supposed to play with." Don't have them there. Do something else as your identifier. Yes, no, and I agree with that. Like, yeah, if there's, that's kind of where I was getting at. If it has padlocks in the room, you shouldn't use padlocks in order to say, "No, don't touch this." Yeah. Um, there's nothing stopping you from buying a bag of zip ties and yeah. zip tying it shut. Nip it off when you got to reset it and zip a tie back in. Yeah. Zip Crossing ties, pennies. Exactly. Little things yeah. like that. Yeah, for, the, for, the who, for the people who put these rooms together, you know, walk through the thing, have your have some neutral party go through the thing initially, and whatever whatever stands out as as distracting from the game because it's not supposed to be part of it, they should do something about that piece, whether it's painting it, zip tying it, putting a, putting some sort of masking over it, but some something that doesn't detract from what they're trying to build. And it comes down to the details every time. I agree. 
And ho- hopefully that's what beta does when they beta test it. I don't think they go through, though, enough to look at. But I think. I think they just deal with, okay, well, these locks are here only to reset the game, so ignore them. I, I, I think and what I happens. I think that's what they would do is they would ignore them. I think what happens, though, is I think once you run the room X amount of times and the owner stops running the room and you get a high school kid who's making $12 an hour, $8 an hour running that room, the more intricate you make these hiding systems, the less prone they are to use them. You know? I mean, this, I mean, they just, we've seen rooms that have been put together great and ones that have been reset terrible. Mm -hmm. You know? And I think, you know, the, the more these things are out of sight, out of mind, I think, they get reset less, you know, but reset the right way less, maybe. Yeah, but but that's just. But that's again, that's that's on the owner or the manager or whatever, whoever's training the new people to come in. This is what we hired you to do. This is the way you have to do it. And right. I don't care. I I don't care that it's a minimum wage job, whatever it is. Your job is your job. That's on them to train them to do it. The way it wants, they want it done. No, you're. I agree with you 100. So, percent I just think I, I see that, where you're coming from, but I just think that you know a lot of times these kids aren't going to give a crap once their manager leaves. They don't care. Yeah, they and they just seen, they just don't and we've care. We've seen that. Quite they a few have times. 15 minutes, 10 minutes to reset a room. They're doing it as quick as they can. Yeah. And how many rooms have we done where within the first five minutes a game master has run in the room and said, "Oh." This was supposed to have been locked. Yes. This was supposed to have been closed. You know, and yeah. they just, yeah, people make mistakes. People forget. But, you know, when your job is that, I don't want to say mundane, but when it's that repetitive, repetitive is probably a better word. Um, you know, you just don't give. Like, or, or or yeah. 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 Would you guys would you guys agree that the people who put these games together to, to offer the, the the escape room experience are fans of the experience? Um, no, I don't. I don't think. I think it's about like fifty fifty. I think. I think that there's a lot of the games are made. Because, yeah, I'm a fan, and this is what I want to see. But I think a lot of them are made for... Actually, I shouldn't say that. I think it's a third, a third, and a third. I think there's... I'm a fan. I want to make a good room. I think there's also the people that make it that I'm smarter than you, and I'm going to prove it. And then I think the last third is, you know what? I want to get people moving in and out of this room as quickly as possible. And I just want to make as much money as physically possible. And if it's a poor game, so what? It's a one and done whether you liked it or not. So how great does it really have to be? Especially if you're in a high tourist area. I mean, yeah, my, my those, three, those three things might not be equally third or third or third, but I think that they're those are the three motivations. Because my, my point for asking, asking that question, and Phil, you're, you're – you're, a former business owner. I'm a business owner presently. The ownership so is Dom. always going to care more than Dom. Is, I don't know. If, I, don't, I don't, actually don't know what Dom does. Um, <laughs> Dom does it all. Dom doesn't want people Dom to know what he does. <laughs> I make mafia black. <laughs> he, he, 
he, all I know is it does, does involves a lot of black lights. Um, <laughs> but business owners care more about their business experience and their clientele than the people that, that generally work for them. Would you agree with that? Yes. Uh, for the most part, yes. If you're an owner-operator, yes. But yeah. I think it also depends on what kind of business you're in. Yeah. Okay. I'm thinking in this experience, and that's why I asked the question because I generally didn't have an answer in mind when I asked it. For the people who, who create these escape rooms, if they really are fans of the art and, and trying to do, you know, provide that experience piece, they're going to care more. That they might care more about that detail, of the experience that we talked about initially. If you're talking about someone that's trying to make it into a, a financial gain system, uh, where they just you know where they make money on it, that's their focus. Then they're going they're not going to be paying attention to the art of the room. Well, I think part of it is, um, like I said, the owner operator. I wanted to specify that as I think they care the more. You know, the mom and pop ones, as opposed to ones that are corporate owned. Like Five Wits. Right. Five Wits is a perfect example of of this. Yeah. Where you have a half hour to do this room, and they're going to push you through that room and get you out within a half an hour, no matter what. Right. Whether you solved the puzzle or you didn't, somehow you're going through that room, and you're going to finish that room within a half an hour. Right. And I think... I, th- I think that the, the 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 corporate rooms are you know they're they're meant to be uh, like that, but I think you also the other side of it is not the business owner themselves that's running it is where that room came from. If that mom and pop uh, built the room themselves, that's different than if it was built from a company out in Russia or somewhere mm-hmm. and brought in as a turnkey room that, you know, they're buying a product and putting it there to flip it over. And I think there's less love involved with that than there is something where the owner operator, you know, sat there and got his sweat equity and then building it himself. Right. No, I agree with that. So, so you guys actually, your commentary, brings up uh, some questions in my head that may, at a future podcast maybe we'll go in more depth but would you say based on this particular topic with respect to the details and the pieces that of the room that you know thou shall not touch is this more of a situation you've seen with the corporate rooms or more with the non-corporate rooms non i i agree because non. i think that the non-corporate rooms a lot of times when they're built, uh, they just either don't know how to hide certain things, right. or listen, we're doing it the best we can, right? You know, right? You know, one one of those two scenarios, and not for nothing too. When we go into a room, we could tell most of the time. It's getting harder to tell. But we can tell a lot of times what's hand built and what's a oh, turnkey room. Yeah, what was a turnkey room? And you know, you are a little bit more forgiving for the uh, the build out on a on a self built room. You know, I yes. think. And uh, you know, the ones that are definitely you know a turnkey bought room that I think when you look at it, you really expect more. 
with the immersion and the design and the durability and all that stuff. I agree. At least I do. I agree. Um, but now we're kind of getting a little off topic. But uh, by getting into that a little bit, let's just let's pull back and get to this expecting uh, push accessibility rather than pull. At first, when I read this, just the just the title of it, I was like, "What the heck is he talking about?" Um, well, they mean the door, right? Do your door push open or pull? Open? No, they're talking about um, tunnels or. Is there a lot of kneeling? Is there... Oh, I... Uh, right here, it says, I, uh, the guy who wrote it previously suggested that players speak up ahead of the game They have, if they have specific accessibility requirements, such as bad knees... Yep. Or asthma. No, I have emphysema, but... Um, and he stands by this, but he's realized suddenly this is ass-backwards. Arse. Arse backwards. Arse. Arse. Uh, the venue should be pulling this information from the team as a part of a safety briefing. Um, and not expecting players to push it to them. So that's where it was the pusher to pull. Uh, more than once, they've suggested in an area such as lighting or crawl spaces and have been told afterwards, oh, you should have said there was a bypass. Um... As someone that is always fearful of the Winnie the Pooh effect yep. of getting caught in the honey tree with a bad back and bad knees and wide girth going through small spaces, um, I think I found most of the rooms that we've done that have had tunnels, bypasses, whatever, that they pretty straightforward come out. I don't think we've had any that were a surprise. One. That was really that small. No, nothing small. Nothing small, but a surprise there wasn't a bypass. Which was Escape uh, Long Island, uh, Escape the Room Long Island. It was the uh, the pyramid room. Okay. Um, the very first time we ever did a tunnel, though, was uh, Stolen Relic in... Um, Orange, Connecticut. Yes. And as soon as that door popped and there was a tunnel, they came over the thing and says, listen, if you don't want to crawl, just come out the door and go into the other door. Yeah. So there they said they told us that there is a bypass. But they let us find the the door the first. door first. Right. So it's unexpected. And then when I went in and I was like, oh, this is cool. You're like, yep, I just got to do it. And then after that. You stayed in one room, but it, aside from that, they yeah. told us, yes, you can bypass it by doing, yeah. you know, this or that. Now, when we went and did the Escape uh, Long Island area, yep. Escape the Room Long Island or whatever, that's the one that owns the three places yes. now, padlocked and whatnot. You asked if there was a bypass, because that yes. was a long tunnel. That was. Was a, that was an S-turn S-turn yeah. tunnel. Very long, time-consuming, two people, and the guy just didn't know what to say to you. Right. Um, so, that's weird. Yeah. Like, but there should always be, I don't care what it is, there should always be a bypass, and we shouldn't have to explain that we have bad knees. We're going to play the game right? either way. Now, granted, you see somebody come in with a wheelchair. Yep. That's a different story. Yeah. But... 
Not for nothing, how many people in a wheelchair are going to be able to do escape rooms anyway? I've had quite a few people. I mean, we did hear of a group of four blind people do one and escape. Yeah. But y- y- you understand where I'm coming from. No, I, I do. Being I mean, that it's in such a tight spot, do you really think somebody in a wheelchair is going to come and do these rooms? Right. And, you know, and, I, and if that's the case, they would definitely need a bypass. Right. I mean, I've so, always looked at it as I've gone through every tunnel we found. Mm-hmm. And some of them were a lot tighter than others, and you get that Winnie the Pooh thought in your head of being stuck in the honey tree. Oh yeah. Um, or if it's really long, or you know, textured bottoms are tough on the knees. Uh, but I think if you physically could do it and make it through, that's fine. I think that, like you said, maybe not uh, give it give you the option. In the pregame, but when the as door, soon as that door, as soon as that door pops, opens, right. say, okay, listen, I'm going to stop to the time for a second. We have a, a different way around. If you want to go around, yeah, that's fine. Uh, if not, it's up to you. Right. Yeah. Personally, I think there should be there sh- for any kind of tunnel. There should be a bypass. Right. And tunnel meaning crawling on your hands and knees, not actually going through a doorway back and forth. Plus, I mean, not for nothing. I think it's a safety issue too. Right. To some point, yeah. So, uh, anyway, got anything to add there, Lee? No, because actually, I, I've I've never done an escape room that had those kind <laughs> That's of. That's right, you haven't done one with a tunnel. Not not one with a tunnel. Uh, I mean, you know, for me, I'm not I'm not personally claustrophobic or anything, but I can see people, you know, on certain roller coaster rides that. Before, before it actually gets to a certain point, they have a chance to get off. It's like you know, like the Disney haunted house; they can leave before the thing they crazy. I'm thinking to keep the pike. Yeah. Bring him up there. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to have him do the room with like Becca and Dakota or something. Yeah, where we can sit there and we watch can sit it. There and watch it. And let them go the through. the only game we haven't watched yet. And that's a good tunnel. That's a good tunnel. That's oh, Lee, we'll take tunnel. care of that. Yeah, we'll take care of that. We'll right. pop your tunnel carry. Actually, I think that's not a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> on to the next topic. <laughs> and to drink meatballs. Shabba! Uh, anyway. <laughs> All right, so next next topic here is lack of player aids. Now, I've been itching. I've been waiting for this one. Well, you've you been it. waiting for aids? Yes. Itching for aids. <laughs> I've been I've been itching to talk about this one. I've been waiting for this topic to come up because we talk about this constantly, probably on every single podcast that we don't have a player aid in it. Yeah. Um. Now explain to them what a player aid is. Player aid is a pen, a pencil, a piece of paper, a notepad, a wipe a white off board, wipe off board, um, static board, static boards. Chalkboards. Um, a chalkboard, yes. Anything that you can write down numbers, letters, clues, answers to. I mean, granted, I have a pretty good photogenic memory. I have a pretty goddamn good yeah. memory. But you do. I'm not going to remember every single thing. Yeah. Um, You're not going to remember every single Nobody, Nobody will. Well, on the flip side, your memory is better than... A lot better than mine. When I, for my problem solving process in my head, I need to physically look at the equation. 
I agree or look that. at a series of letters or you got to write it down and do it yeah, manually. I have to look at it and phys- visually process it. Right. A lot of people are like that. A lot. But then again, there goes these meta puzzles too, or these multi multi answer puzzles that we get back to from the beginning, or yeah, one of the beginning here. Uh, what is it? Probably not lack lack of solves. Yeah, the lack of solves, where it takes three answers, four answers to get your final code to do one lock. Yep. Now we solve all that. Say say the word is love that we needed. Out of four puzzles, oh, how are you going to remember L O V E throughout the whole game without writing it down and keeping it? Because the first thing they tell you is try to be organized. Yeah, right. Here it is. We had a wipe-off board, or we had a chalkboard, or we had something. You write it down. Yep. Now it's organized. Now it's there. We're done with it. Erase it. We're yep. done with that. We don't need to worry about that anymore. Oh, why is that L O still up there? Because we haven't used it yet. Yes. Okay, and how many times we've had to go back and redo a puzzle just to get the answers we needed for the end? Yep. Now that's doing everything twice, and you shouldn't have to do anything twice. Um, there should be some kind of player aid in here. And he even says here, please, for the love of Pete, give us something to write with. Violence won't scribble on the walls like, or eat the crayons. I bet people do. Uh, yeah, some people probably do. If you're in a small like, town surrounded by savages, LCD writing tables. Boogie boards. That's that static board. Okay, yeah. yeah. Pen and a stylist. Give us a freaking... Um, what the hell is that? All the two knobs. All I need, all I need is a whiteboard. Uh, like Etch-a-sketch. Sketch. Give me an Etch-a-sketch. <clears throat> Something. You know? That we could write it down. Pen and paper. You just take the paper and you throw it away when you're done. Yep. Don't give us a notepad. Give us two, three sheets of paper. And then you just refill it. Two, three sheets of paper. Yeah. There's no pressing. So there's no there's no indentations after you're done writing on it. Yep. With a notepad, I can understand not leaving a notepad because, yes, there would be indentations of writing stuff down. Dry erase boards, you get ghosting on it. Yeah, but you could wash those. Thing clean. Uh, chalkboards claim they get ghosted. Well, wash them. Yeah. Wipe them down with a wet rag. Again, it goes back to that kid that got, yeah. you know, he has to reset that room ten times a day as quick as possible. He's going to start taking shortcuts. Yes. You know? But that, again, that's not on us. That's no. on them. So, like, let's go back to uh, Escape Rhode Island. And, you know, I, I really don't want to single out a lot of these places, but these are the places that really popped in my head when I've read this article how many times did we we really needed something to write down with at escape or island yep every single game we played we talked to the game master and the designer yep and he goes well the owners don't want it well if you're designing the game you design it so that they have it yeah come on or the best one was when we did that speakeasy room and he says well they didn't have wipe off boards Back in the 20s. But they had chalkboards. They had paper. They had chalkboards. They had chalkboards. You know? Right. And they're, oh, yeah, huh? Uh Uh-huh. Or when you bring up the topic and people are are just dumbfounded, like they've never heard that before. Right. Like we're the first people in history to say, hey, can we get a piece of scrap paper here? Yeah. I think every single room needs some kind of 
a player aid of some sort. And and then they tell you not to use your phones, but you have to use your phones anyway. Yeah. In and order to remember stuff. The other thing too is when you or have a calculator. When you have more than one person in the room, um usually the more people you get, there's someone gonna be in that group that's more comfortable walking around with the writing thing taking notes. Right. You know, we played uh this past weekend and Stacy uh was felt a lot more comfortable being a note taker. Yeah. Well everybody has because, a job. you know, everyone she's not as versed as me or Philip right. in actual being in the rooms. Yeah. But she's good at writing and she's good at figuring stuff out on paper. Right. And everybody needs a job in the room. Yeah. Really? We did the room uh actually Lee, you were with us. It yep. was you, your wife, me, Philip, and we had Dick Rickley with us. Dick Ripley. And we had that tiny room in between the two rooms, that little closet. Oh, God. Nobody could see anything. Dick Rickley's the tallest one out of all of us, and he was the Statue of Liberty holding the torch up so yeah. everybody could see. Everybody needs a job. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That was that was a disservice, though, to, to, to but having you, to be... Yeah. Uh, there's other parts in this too Like if there's math Give us a calculator I agree with that I mean granted yep. You have your cell phone Even though they tell you Not to use your cell phone I'm gonna use it If there's not a calculator in there yep. A lot of the time uh, Also I, I'm gonna go on a rant here One second Okay Bonus This also dodges the B-O-D-M-A-S bullet What does that mean? I don't know It's all capital letters it's an acronym of some kind. Yeah. If we need torches, flashlights, or black lights, then one per team is rubbish unless we only need to send one person off on their own to do it. Let's at least have one for everybody in the team. Oh, definitely. Yes. Definitely. So that's – and I agree with that. I have no idea yeah, what my, BADMAS means, but – Yeah, um, my big my big beef about rooms that have you know, limited lighting and they have – limited resources to provide that lighting like for example that first room we, we did where El Gigante there was holding the light because he was the tallest guy there it you know it takes him out of the out of the out of the solving ability but it also affects everybody else because now whoever has the ability to see is interactive with the game and then people who can't can't do anything other than just sort of gravitate toward the light so it, it I think that, that that's a detriment to the experience yeah, no, I agree 100%. So, BADMIS is the ordering mathematical operations. Brackets, orders, division, multiplication, addition, then subtraction. That's what that means, B-O-D-M-A-S. I was an English major. I didn't, I didn't read the math, math stuff. No, this is kind of like the new order of... It even says it's the... It's so that children can remember the order of mathematical operations. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. No, anyway, I, have, I have a little rant. Have here. A little rant. <laughs> and Go it's going to be a little one. That's fine. But it goes oh. right along with this topic. Boring! Thank you. <laughs> 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 yeah, baby! Yeah! <laughs> That's great. You know, I think that you pay X amount of dollars per person to play this room. Yep. They're not free. You're right. You're spending your hard earned money. And you have a very, very limited amount of time that you're going to be in this room. I'm a firm believer that as long as you're not giving away the secrets of the room 
to other groups, meaning you're not videotaping it, you're not taking pictures to post online, mm-hmm. I th- and you're not breaking the room in any way. Right. And as long as everyone in the group is in, in agreement, that's your hour. If you want to go on your phone and use the calculator, you want to use the flashlight on your phone, you want to use your phone to take notes, you want to use your phone as a voice recorder to talk out certain codes, I have no problem with that at all. I think that, you know, you paid for that hour. Yep, I agree with you And so far. as long as you're not influencing anything on another group and you're not breaking anything in the room, that there's no reason to be penalized for it. There's no reason for the game master to come on and say you got to put your phones away, which has happened before, you know. Mm-hmm. And Definitely. that could be an answer to some of these things. If you're not going to provide me with a piece of paper, right? you know, you know what? Then I have to write it down on my phone. If you're not going to provide me with a calculator and I got to start multiplying and dividing these larger numbers, I'm going to use my phone. Right. If, no, I agree with If you. you have to be down on your back looking around a corner underneath a cabinet, then, yeah, I'm going to take a picture Instead of trying to fit my fat head and fat body inside this cabinet, where I, I've done it, yeah, yeah, no, we, we, yeah, we've done it, and and I'll delete the picture right in front of the people too, yeah, so I don't have it anymore. I I don't see where that becomes an issue. Mm-hmm. We we have had game masters say, you know what, it's your dime. If you wanted to, we designed the room to be at this light level. If you want to use your flashlight on your phone. Go right ahead. It's up to you. Right. You know, it's going to ruin the experience for you. But what do we care? Exactly. And that's the way, in my opinion, it should be. And that's my little rant. Hey, I agree with Hold you. On. I was looking for yeah, my sound effect here that I don't have. Um, but. Because I'm so cool, I don't need additional sound effects. Shabba! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. It's our hour. We should be able to do what we want with it. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, moving on to the next thing here. You have three clues. I really don't care about having three clues or not having three clues or having infinite amount of clues. Um, this this day and age, I actually, in the three years we've been doing rooms, I don't think... I mean, yes, we've used up three clues and we've used ten clues. Yeah. But I don't think we've ever purposely asked for clues, three clues, really, within the last year anyway, year and a half. When we first started, we kind of used them up. Yeah. But as far as that goes, nobody cares. I don't think anybody really cares about leaderboards anymore. Oh, I I disagree. I think you do. I think people love freaking leaderboards. We don't. We don't. So but I think a lot of people do. And I could see if you're into the leaderboard having a system that makes it fair. So then you say, okay, three hints. You know, after that, you're not on the leaderboard. Right. I I, 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 can, guess, I can okay. I could see that. I I could see that. But I what I can't see is. Hey, after your third hint, we're going to take off five minutes for every hint that we give you. 
I think that's BS. You know, and uh, Escapology does that. Do they? Yeah. When I was down there in Florida, they, they had that as one of their rules. Well, they didn't do that up here. But it's for for clues that you ask for, not for ones that they give you. And that's a lot of the time why we never ask. Right, because we say, listen, we go down this rabbit hole just nugget us a certain way. Right. You know, those those are free. But to actually press the button and say, I need help, they say, you do that more than three times, we're going to take five minutes away, which I disagree with. What's Well, not for nothing, what's the point in taking the five minutes away? Is that fourth clue going to give you extra five minutes to... To play now, if the room was an hour and fifteen minutes, and you have three clues, and then they said every clue gives takes five minutes away, then you still have your hour after the third clue. Yeah, but personally, I don't think anybody should take any time off you for using clues. Like here, it even says, "Come on, team needs as many hints as it needs," which is true. Right. It really. Not everybody is as smart as the game designer thinks they are. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I just came off the top of my head with that because it sounded like a tongue twister at first in my head. Oh, you've been holding that no. in the holster for a while. I, no, now. I wasn't. Um, but like here, an experienced team may not need any. An inexperienced team might practically need a walkthrough. We've been both. Yeah. We've been both. Uh, what is this doing is setting up new players to fail because they're scared to ask for help and they're stuck on the same puzzle, a fear of wasting a hint. I agree 100% with you. Yeah. There should, unless you really want to do leaderboards, and these leaderboards, I purposely only think, I really only think you should have leaderboards if there is a prize at the end of the month or at the end of the week or at the end of the, the certain period of time. Like, well, I think bragging rights are fine. Okay, bragging rights are fine, but if we're only going to go there once, how can we brag? They only have the one room. We shattered the freaking record. How are we ever going to know if somebody else beat us? Yeah, I mean, it was nice to get our little That's trophy there. That's different. That's a trophy because we were the third person to ever do it, and they posted it, and they're posting the fourth team did it. Yeah. So we... You go through their history, you you can see it because it's online. Yep. Unless they post a leader every single week or, you know, same time frame all the time, how are you ever going to know Yeah. that you got beat or you didn't get beat? Unless you go back. Or, they have multiple games, say. They have all four games. You went through and did all four games. Now, you have no reason to go back there until they open a new game. Yep. So that's my thing with, like, leaderboards. It, it really doesn't matter with them. Unless you're getting a prize at the end of the month, and now every month, like, Escape Rhode Island erases them all, except for the very top one that was set however many t- years ago, or it could have been set a month ago. Yep. But the very best time stays there all the time. Well, uh, down in Florida, um, the one that was next to the pork shop. Yeah. They, they kept... The longest-running ones up there, but they also kept it by the month and also kept it by the week. week. Right. So, in my mind, that's a good leaderboard. That is. Because that long-standing one's going to be there. And now, as a new team, you could say, okay, they've been on that leaderboard for for a, a year now. 
you know, that's our goal is to beat that time. Right. Which actually we did take three leaderboards and beat one best time. Goddamn. Right. We did when we did that. But so getting back to these clues, though, but this is what I'm saying about clues is that it really shouldn't matter. It should be an infinite amount. People could just be that dumb that they just don't understand the room and that you need that much help. We've done it. I don't know how many times we've asked for clues. And in, in game, even even closer to this day, because we do rooms that are meant for bigger groups of people. Yes. So we need that extra help. We do. Yeah. Um. Let's use um. Thirteenth hour. Yep. As an example, the grand parlor. Oh. That giant room that could easily hold twenty people. Yeah. We needed. A step almost every other puzzle. Yeah. To help. Granted, it was also our last room for the day after 10 hours of doing rooms, but. Lee, this it. room was big enough that we were physically running from one part of a puzzle to another part of a puzzle because they were on opposite ends of this room. On the second floor. On two floors to the room. <laughs> and, oh, wow. I yes. mean. Where was this? Escape uh, 13th hour. Escape in Wharton, New Jersey. Wharton, New Jersey. Yeah. And. Okay. You know, this is after doing seven five, rooms, five other rooms before. Yeah. You know that that day, and you just your brain is just goo, and now you got these two fat boys from Connecticut down there trying to run around. I was actually trying to run. I mean, it was. I was back and forth. I was, was I was humming back and forth. Uh, but it also had the cool, one of the best wow factors, and that was the um, the uh, cremation. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, the other thing with clues is I think time has a lot to do with it. I think when we look and we've gone through 20 minutes and haven't done anything in a room, Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, you have to ask for something. I think you get 10 minutes left in a room. You know, yeah, you got to ask for a clue because really your time is running out anyways. You know what I mean? Yes. So I think there's certain times where it just makes sense, but to put a limit on it, to me, you know, doesn't make sense. Yeah, right. Like right here. Go ahead. Sorry. I don't like the idea of limits, just because when you're doing the game experience, there's there's people who are coming in there are bringing bringing the excitement to the game too, and they have their own thresholds of assistance that they want what kind of attention that they need from from the, from the people who design the games or always know the games, where they're going. Yep. And, uh, you know, and, and some people are going there, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe they're going for leaderboards and to, to try and win and, and, and have this competition thing with other teams or groups. Other people, are, again, are just going there to have a good time and experience to win or to walk away without winning it, but at least to come out with the same, with some sort of resolution at the end. Yeah, don't care how many times lose. Yeah, no, you're right. Mm-hmm. You're a hundred percent right. Uh, there's another part to this question, like uh, press button or scan this code for a clue. Uh, you're not watching the game, are you? This is just inexcusable. A team and its GM are symbolic. Splitting a GM across multiple games is bad enough. Not watching at all is a lawsuit waiting to happen. Both make a poor player experience. 
I agree with this yeah. 100%. Uh, because we've played both ways. Not yeah. so much scan this code, but we've played where there is a tablet in the room that you could go through and put all your answers in as you're going. Yeah. Now, that kind of takes away from the game experience. But if you needed a clue... You actually had to input all those answers that you found along the way in order to get to the thing. Right. So it was it was a great concept, poor execution of it. Right. Another one, now, press button or whatever. No, the Game Master should be paying attention to you for that full hour. Um, no matter what, I don't care who it is, and we ran into this. You've walked out of the room and says, where the hell are you? I've done it. Um... Or like, what the heck is this? Are you not listening? It's not our problem that... It's not our fault that your boss didn't want to hire somebody else to run the games with you. Yep. And didn't want to pay somebody. That's not on us. That is a very poor player thing. And we've ran into that actually more than we should really even... That we even want to admit. Right. Uh, actually, we should want to admit it all the time. But we run into this more and more, I should say. And it's getting very tiresome you know i don't mind having a button no i don't either that you press to communicate with the game master you know to let them know yeah we want a hint right now because you could be just talking as a group debating whether you want a clue yeah and end up not wanting one but the game master just might hear Oh, hey, can clue. I get a clue and you know yeah. throw one over? So having that button doesn't bother me. But like you said, what bothers me, and it bothers you, you just said it, is, oh, you want a clue? Well, what's the last thing you just opened? You know? Yes. Well, you're the game master. You, you don't should, know, you know what, what we, we just did. Right. Okay, well, in the first room, you know, did you open this box yet? No. Well, you should know we opened that box. You know? I mean... Right. Or, you know, there's... A million diff different examples of it. Exactly. Or, I also like, I think personally, as soon as you hit that clue button, you should pause your time. How, how often do we ask for a clue, takes five minutes to get back? Yes. Okay, I see what you're saying. So, yeah, it's on them to start your time. So now, if it takes them 20 minutes to get back to us, yes. fuck it. We still got that 20 minutes. Yeah. You know? Instead of wasting that 20 minutes. Right. Yeah, and we've been over five minutes waiting for clues. Yes, and we've asked countless times. Yeah. So I uh, think that button is good for that. Yes. You know? But... But then again, it also breaks your gameplay, breaks your immersion, breaks everything if you have to wait. I'm, we should Nobody should have to wait more than a minute. I was going to say 30 seconds. I'll be honest with you. I, I, yeah, I agree with that. This to me is, is really the, the, the carnal sin of a bad experience is when no one's paying attention to what you guys are doing. Right. And there's no excuse for that. The article is, is dead on, dead on right about that. When I talk about the symbiotic relationship, uh, it, there's there's no way on earth that you should be left alone in the in a room experience, stuck on something, penalized by time, lose the lose your joy of the experience, 
because you realize now that that you know what maybe you're in a, a place that's got three or four rooms and there's only one or two people working a thing and now you just you're just flopping and lost it. And we've had that happen. Yes, we've actually walked out of a room during a game because we couldn't get a hold of our game master, and the game master is out talking to another group of people, right? Trying to get them Situated. into the next game. Which there should always be another person there to run. Right. Which is what's great. Again, not that I really want to keep bringing up places, but this is on a positive note. Uh, Key to escape. Yes. In in Nashua, New Hampshire, is a prime example of what you should do for Game Master. Yes. They have one person run one game. Yes. If you have four games booked in the same hour, there's four different people running those games. Yes. One person per game. Yep. They will. Ne- they claim, and the, as far as I can see, they will. They n- they'll never have one game master running multiple games ever. Yep. Doesn't matter. And from it, they got to pick saw, up Joe Schmo up the it. street to cover a fifth game. They're gonna do that. Yeah. Um. And that's the way it should be. I don't care who you are or where you are or what it is. You sh- That's the way it should be. Or maybe you can't book four games in a row at the same time, and you can only book one of your four games every hour. And we've seen that with bookings sometimes, where we've wanted to book multiple games in a row. And as soon as you book the first one, then the rest of the things in that time slot are gone. Are gone. Yeah. You know, which is great. I mean, it's not great for they're trying to make money, but it's great for the players. Right. And it's good for their reputation. Right. But when it comes down to it, it's customer service. That's the bottom line fundamental piece of this. Yeah, Yeah. it really is. You're right. And also, it's it also you have circumstances where when we played Skeleton Key, Mm -hmm. right? Mm hmm. I need a clue. Well, my computer went down. Who's supposed that? Well, okay. Well, we can't do anything. You can't write it on a piece of paper and slide it under the door. Right. You know, you can't have someone just stick their head in to say, okay, here's the next clue. Right. I mean, there's a million ways around it, but, you know, when they can't figure out what to do because there's a glitch in the system somewhere. Mm-hmm. Or even Escape 101. We're, Actually, this we're, is where... Go ahead. We're, we're, we're down there. More than enough Game Masters, mm-hmm. because they're all sitting around the thing, yep. and the actual Game Master himself isn't paying attention. Right. He's on his phone. He's turning around talking to us. He's watching everything except the screen in front of him. Yep. And, you know, that's the Game Master. That's... Right. Now, you brought up Skeleton Key. Yes. Uh, now here's the next subject. No GM overrides. You brought up Skeleton Key. Yep. They had a glitch in the system. Technology is great when it works. When it doesn't, what are you going to do? A team enters a code correctly, but a bit too quickly slash slowly for the automated system to recognize it. The GM should be able to hit a big red button to let them continue. Yep. We've all played games where staff had to run in the room and address something that happens. It happens. Sure. But 
but should this should this then not prompt a review by the venue? Why did this happen, and how do we prevent it from happening? What masterpiece say? Everything needs to work every single time, whether you do it or they do it. That's the best quote in in since in day the games. one of this podcast, since day one of these video reviews. We've lived and died by that saying. Yeah. But, like I said, you brought up Skeleton Key. Everything needs to work technology-driven. They're technology-driven. They were technology They're completely out of business now. Now, they should have had cards pre-made up, even if they were laminated, being that they are a corporate structure, uh, corporate company, should have had cards already pre-printed in case the computer did go down, so you could slide those under the door. Well, being a corporate company, their their thing is, well, there's only one manager here that knows how to restart the system. We have to wait for him to come in. Well, why isn't there more than one person that knows how to do this? How come that person isn't on staff all, all the, the time? time? Right. Right. You know? right. I mean, I'm not a computer guy, but it would seem to me that when I'm working – more than me knows how to turn the water on the water plants. Yep. You know, it's just, it's just one of those things. But Yeah. When you, if you're relying on technology for every component of it, you have to expect that there's going to be, there's going to be some situation that will happen. I mean, if you lose power and there's no lights, whatever, that's one thing. If you suffer a technological glitch, that there's a non-technical way to get around, like you mentioned, knocking a door. Someone now is your guardian angel, and they can make commentary for you on some things, you know, to help save the experience. Then they should invoke and, and being creative in how to do that. You know, if it's like you said, putting a little note under the door saying, you know, sorry, we had an issue going on. You know, X is your clue. Whatever it, whatever the, it's got to be to help try and save that experience for the people in the room. Right. Yeah. Right. I agree. Everything's got to work every single time, no matter what. Yeah, and there's been games that we've been in that we're pretty positive that they triggered it. Well, let's use Escape New Haven for an example. Their brand new, their newest room before before Moonrise, which is a great room, which is a very good room, and it's very it's all tech driven, very techy. Okay, something while we were in that room. The, the program itself, it's programmed that if something goes wrong with one of the puzzles, it automatically jumps to the second puzzle, to the next puzzle in line. Yep. And we were like, whoa, did we just skip over something? And yes, the GM came in. Something else happened, yeah. too. But the GM came in and says, yes, it's programmed that if something goes down, then it triggers the next puzzle. Yep. And so that's everything has to work every single time. And it did. It skipped over whatever we needed to do and jumped into the next puzzle that we needed to do next, which I thought was done very well. Um, What was it? The phone that went down? So we got our clues. Yeah, something. yeah, yeah. And so we couldn't get the coin that we needed to do what we had to do. But he gave us the coin anyway, and we were able to get on to the next Well, an- another, another good example of that is um, we just played a room uh, me and Philip and Stacy, where there's a a door that you with a keypad, mm-hmm. you you put it in, and we had the right number, and saying it out loud, you know, we put it in three times. I got fat swastika fingers hitting the wrong button. When that door opened, 
it was open a split second before I hit the enter button. So I know they triggered it. They triggered it. They saw me do it three times. They heard me saying the code out loud three times. They knew it was the right one. It's just I'm the idiot that can't work a keypad. Yes. And they they hit it and you know, you appreciate that. No, yeah, you do. Uh, there's been countless rooms where we know we've asked them, "Did you tr- did you trigger that?" Out? Yeah, or as opposed to and they lock and clue. No, I was going to use them next, right? Where the tolerances are so tight that the door doesn't open. Well, you know what? After you did this for 20 minutes with the same result, press the damn button. Yes, you know, and he did. Yeah, he did. After five minutes, press the button. See, he did that. A couple times on us in this in that room. Yeah. Because the, the shit is... Sorry about the language, but it was just a pain in the ass to do it. Fuck that guy. No, I'm just saying for our <laughs> podcast. Because um, we try not to swear on this Beep. podcast. <laughs> you guys are doing an admirable job. <laughs> Meatballs. <laughs> Meatballs. Anyway. Okay, we kind of got off topic, though. Where are we now? We're at split-second failures. We're, we're, no, we just did GM overrides. We're all right. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm just rolling it no, up there. But, no, no. Second, yeah, we didn't talk about that. The split-second failures, it defines, like, you know, if a team finishes everything with, like, with one extra second needed, you know, some places will say, sorry, you didn't do it in 60 minutes. You know, you, you lost. You know, whereas it was, like, one second... You know, do, do you basically give it to him like you know, rounding up a grade in school? I do. I give it. to I him. would say yes. We've we've had ones that we've counted as a win that we had the code. We yeah. just didn't punch it in. We had the code and we put it in wrong, or we got the last number at the last second. Time went off. Yeah, we count it as a win, whether they do or not. We do we had the code yeah. we just couldn't enter it yeah i think if you're there i mean you gotta use common sense if you're if you finished the last puzzle and it's a matter mm-hmm. of you inserted the code wrong or it's a 10 digit code that you got to type into something that takes time to type in yeah what, what, whatever i mean you won you know you won the game we did the speakeasy at escape rhode island this is a prime example you have to find out who killed who? Yeah. With what? And something else. And why? Yeah. Something like that. It was like Clue. Yeah, it was like Clue. You had to find three different things. Now, once you found out those three things, I didn't know it. You didn't know it until the end because we found it all out. There was three barrels you actually had to turn in order to yes. finish it, and that's what opened the yes, door. Yes, yes, yes. So we had it. We just didn't input it. And we ran out of time anyway, but we got it at the nick of time. Yeah. So I consider that a win, even though we didn't move the barrels and have the door open. Well, the first time we did that feral room, the first incarnation, and we did it at Laura's, right? Yes. Where we did everything. We got the scarab, and you got to put the scarab on the on the, on the the uh, sarcophagus. Right. We didn't know we had to do that. We thought we just had to get the no, scarab. But, but that, in in all in all reality, we beat that room still with twenty minutes left. To yeah, but, but still, I still. mean, we got it. We got the scarab out. There was nothing telling us where. And to now it. we're just standing there BSing. And she's about, like, "Oh, you got to finish this here." And, yeah, but there was nothing telling us that we had to finish that. Yeah. So yes, 
we consider it a win. As long as you got the answer to the last riddle, code, whatever it is, we consider that a win. But if time runs out and there's still five puzzles left, right? I mean, yeah, Different that's story. that's the loss. But here you can see like team progress. Um, if you're gonna have a split second failure, maybe have teams win the bad ending rather than outright fail. That's actually not a bad idea. Or hey, the killer stopped to take a pee. You escaped with six sixty. You escaped time is sixty minutes five seconds. The one the one that sticks in my mind is the one in Watertown that just closed. Uh, with the fog at the end, yep. he gassed the system. Yep. It was it was a game where um, you're uh, it's a, a a prison and. Yep. You have to. You're in the warden's office. Yeah, you have to get out of the warden's office in an hour. If not, there's a prisoner that's going to gas the whole Prison. jail system and kill everybody. Yep. We didn't make it out, and they had a fog machine up in the rafters there, up in the in the ducks, in, yeah. in, in the vent, and it fogged the whole room. And it was actually better to lose that game than it was to win it because yeah. you got to experience that. They're saying it wasn't a it was not a white collar prison. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think that, to me it's it's similar to like when you go see like the house wrestling shows you know that, that they used to do in the territory days or whatever. You, yep. You'd see the bad guy and the good guy go at each other. The bad guy might win the match at the end of the night. The, you know, the Ric Flair, the world champion, went, walks over the title, but. The hero of the of the contest still comes comes out victorious in the eyes of the fans. That's I consider the same kind of thing here. I can see that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of like that exactly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, so split second failures. I think if people, if you had one more puzzle to do, give them extra five minutes. And we've hit some really cool game masters. That have been like, you know what? These guys are just banging this stuff out. They just need, you know, it's a room that takes eight people. They're banging it out with two people. And they've given us an extra 10 minutes or 15 minutes. And, you know, it's nice to all of a sudden turn around and you go from five minutes left to 15 minutes left. Yeah. Well, sometimes you notice, sometimes you don't. I've I've noticed that, too. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, it is what it is. It's an experience. Um, I mean, I think if you're getting beat by the game, and there's games that just beat you, that yeah, they it's it's a us. loss, and yes. you know they're not all going to be home runs, because if everyone was a home run and you beat everyone with a half hour left, it wouldn't be worth doing. Yeah, you wouldn't want to do them anymore. You know, but I think that if you're beating that game and you just need a little bit more time, you know, and they modify that timing for you, I think that's a great thing. Yes. As long as it doesn't affect, like, let's say a, a schedule of, like, oh, there's another team waiting to play, and they have to reset the room, and it's going to take right. X amount of time. Yeah. As long as it doesn't really that experience, you're not imposing on someone else's paid time. Yeah, no, I agree not- with that. I do. I do. But, you know, everyone wants to walk away feeling like they've, they've oh, you know what, the game, we got, you know, we, we, just, we just need another couple minutes, we would have done it, been fine. Some some we walked away with a positive feeling versus like wow this is like playing Jeopardy or doing New York Times on the on on the Saturday you're like wow I suck yeah yeah definitely yeah 
But you find it more with the mom and pop shops that they will allow an extra 10 to 15 minutes. They want if, you to be happy. They, exactly. And if you look at their booking, their bookings are usually an hour and a half difference. Yeah. Because nothing ever really starts on time. Yep. And nothing ever ends on time. Yep. So they give themselves that extra half an hour yep. time booking to be able to give somebody an extra five minutes in the room or to sit down, sit and explain, say you had ten more puzzles to go through and explain the rest of the room to you and then still have time to reset it. Or if it's the last booking of the night. You know, or plus, it, it also comes down to the team. If it's a team of enthusiasts that are are people that they're friendly and they like to talk about the rooms and they like to talk about the experiences, a lot of these mom and pop places thrive on that because they put so much into it and they deal with so many people that just come and go and they play their game. Here's your money. I'll see you later. Mm -hmm. That when you hit that group of enthusiasts that your personalities are clicking and they did a good job and they're having fun and everything's going good. You know, as a, as a, as a owner, you just put $30,000 into this room. If someone wants to sit there and talk to you about it, I'd sit there and talk to them about it. Right. You know, I'd be proud of what I built. Exactly. I agree with that. Um, moving on to the next one. Um, darkness. Yeah. Difficulty by darkness. Um, the number one pet peeve. Lighting is powerful and mood lighting is essential to creating an atmospheric game. Lighting is not a means of making things arbitrarily more awkward. Spending the entire game in half light, squinting at locks, going, is this a f- eight or a six, or trying to do it. Do you, do, 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 do. Not a good one. Differentiate between a red and orange under a dim li- amber light. Yep. It's just simply annoying. Yes. Dark. If you have a dark room, that means you have something to hide. Most of the time, ninety-nine percent of the time. That's the rumor. The one percent is the box. Yep. Because it progressively gets lighter as you go. Yep. So you're never completely in the dark. Yep. You just start in the dark. But a game like, although, kind of liked the game, but kind of didn't. The surgeon game at Portsmouth Escape in New Hampshire. Yep. It was very dark, but it that was the theme they were going for. But it was annoying to have a strobe light keep going, going, going. I mean, I'm not epileptic, but it was, you, it needed, was, you needed a constant light in order to do and see everything. And it was meant to get on your nerves. Yes. It was meant to get on your nerves. I think that uh, mood lighting is one thing. I think that, hey... I have zero decorations in this room, so I'm just going to put it in the dark is another thing. i got to hide all these wires, so now I'm just going to keep it in the dark. Yeah. And, again, in my mind, it goes back to the argument of, I just paid an hour for this. If I want to use my flashlight on my phone, yep. I'm going to. And how many places yell at you, it's a dark room, it's meant to be dark, don't pull your phone out. Well, you know, then... 
yeah, I can't see in the dark. I'm not a freaking bat. Right. Exactly. You know? But, exactly. I mean, how many times have we started out uh, locked in a dark space? Yep. Which, in my mind, is fine. Uh, the the basement of 13th yes, Gate. The, the dungeon, yeah. You know? And, and blindfolded. Yeah. Where it's, you know, you're meant to be... In the dark. In the dark. You're in a dungeon, and you're blindfolded, and you're in a cell. But see, that dark, yes, you're blindfolded, all this stuff. You take the blindfold off after he tells you the time starts. But you're not really completely pitch black. You are, but you're not. It was damn close. It was, because you had to do other things to light stuff up so you yeah. could see things. But once you got out of that, it was dimly lit. But it was it was that was more of mood and theatrical lighting than it was trying to hide something. Yeah. And trying to be difficult. Yeah. You're in a basement. You're not gonna have the brightest lights in a basement. Right. Or a dungeon. You're not gonna have the brightest lights in a dungeon. Right. Now think about it. We did a game in again, he's not there anymore in, in Watertown where it was black. Yes. And one yep. person, I could give spoilers because they're not there anymore. Yeah, go for it. One person had to spin the wheel of a wheelchair wheelchair, yep. in order to keep the light on. Now, it's annoying. It's tiresome. Actually, Fred broke it. We, we, we broke it. Now, is that part of the room? Is that part of the effect of the room? Or is that part of... Hey, this room really isn't the best that we have, and this is how we made the room harder. Right. You know? We've also done ones uh, where I think, like the uh, Podunk. Podunk had to do the same thing. But in Podunk, I think it fit the theme of being a bunker that you had to get the power on. Right. So and you so had to do what you, you had, had to do. do to get the power on. You're right. You're 100% right. You know, that to me fits the theme. The one in Watertown uh, didn't fit the theme. Room with a clue. Was it Room with a clue? Yeah, Room with a clue. Yeah. It was this one here, I think. Now, Lee, I don't think you've done any in the dark with us, have you? I've been in the one, the one we did... Uh, and then the one thing was one of my first ones with you guys, where it was dark herb, not immersed in darkness. First ones you did with us was like that the, Starry the, Night, wasn't it? Yeah, which there was definitely darkness in that in that room. It was dimness. Yeah. 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 Oh, of a skeleton key. Yeah, skeleton key. Yeah. No, we've been in some that you can't see your hand in front of your face, dark. Mm. But. Uh, yeah, what, what, what's what's your? I mean, I know you haven't been in that room, but do you have a take on that? Um, not. I mean, you know, it, there should be definitely a, a sufficient light, especially if different people have different different uh, capabilities and sensitivities and light wise. But I think that the experience should be, you know, let let it, you should be able to, you should be able to process it without being you know dangerous to knock into something or have to like. You know, really scurry around. It depends on the nature of the room. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I I agree with that. And and again, I, you know, I go back and forth a little bit. I think if it's meant to be 
an asset of the room because it's part of the theme of the room and it adds to it, that's fine. But at the same time, I always go back to, I just paid for this hour. If I want to turn my flashlight on to look around this room and see what's around me, you know, it's going to make a difference to you because I, I did it. I paid for the room. No, I, I agree with that. Um, personally, we always, we've always heard it that, you know, if the room is dark, the reason is it's not a very good room. Yeah. Look at the room that we walked out in in Orlando. Yes. How dark was that very first room? Yes. How dark was the second room? Yes. Why? Because they were hiding all their blemishes and all their garbage that they didn't want people to just see normally. Yes. Um, they're hiding their faults. Uh, yeah, that's really, that's that's like the prime example right there. Uh, sorry, I was looking up Room of the Clue. I was hoping maybe the website would have still been up, but it isn't. No, it was, I just wanted to. I read tried the website. this afternoon. Uh, so anyway, um, back now down to the last thing: process, puzzles, and punishing players, or. A nifty bit of alienation. Alien, I don't know. Um, oh, the, yeah. go ahead. No, go ahead. Alliteration is over there. It's oh, alliteration. Penalties. You know, there, there's, you know, like you guys talked about this a little bit earlier. Yep. About, you know, you don't do something, it times out on you, things like that. That irks the living hell out of me. Timeouts. Yeah. Um, especially when it comes to a safe. Yes. That's why now we've implemented our own rule that and we a, if we ask if there's a safe in the room, first of all. Second of all, we ask if we say the code out loud first when you tell us if it's right or wrong. Yeah. We, we did one. Now, again, most of these rooms you know are 60-minute rooms. We did mm-hmm. one that the safe, which you got to fairly early in the game, had a 15-minute lockout if you put the wrong number in. So A quarter of your game. Yeah, a quarter of your game is lost just by inputting the wrong number. And we did that. We put the wrong number in. Yep. And it was just unbearable. Good thing the rest of the room was fairly easy to go through, and they weren't that smart with their puzzles. But Yeah. And we were able to bust out. We also had Becca and... Dino, uh, six other people. Yeah, but not the point. But Fifteen minute lockout. That was just so. Yeah, we do ask from now on that. Hey, you know, you have this safe here. If we just yell out the number, will you tell us if it's right? Because we don't want to play around with that. And that's actually his first first thing here. Actually, out of the gate, actual game time time penalties can get can get in the seat. We've paid for that time. Yeah. Uh, and safes is like the first thing. Okay, manufacturers, we understand that. Well, if that's the case, then maybe not get digital safes. Yeah. There's nothing stopping you from going and buying a keypad set up and making your own safe. Yes. I did it. Yeah. I sold it. Yeah. It is what it is. Um. Or, see, now, process puzzles and punishing players... I'm also going to take in what we talked about earlier about the clues and getting punished for using a fourth clue. Yep. Shouldn't happen. 
I would think that that's right in here. Process puzzles and punishing players. You shouldn't have to punish players. There, there's no, there's nothing there saying that. Okay, you did that wrong, so we're gonna you can take ten minutes off for you. Right. Uh, just like the game in Orlando that we walked out on. You guessed, so we're gonna take five minutes off. There is an element of guessing in this in these games. You're supposed to guess. There I mean, if you element. knew the answer, it wouldn't be a puzzle. Right. Um, and along with that, I think you're punishing players when the game master takes more than a minute to get back to you with an answer. And that's where you were, your whole thing is push the button in, and that stops your time. Yeah. If it takes five minutes to get back, well, you know, that's 10% of the game. Mm-hmm. And 10% of the game is lost because you're picking your nose talking to somebody. Right. You know, you're punishing me for that. I agree with that. There shouldn't be any kind of punishment. And then you're no, you're ask, the, go ahead. Sorry. You're, you're the customer. Right. Yeah. You know, you're going, you're going there for a positive experience, whether you win the game or you lose the game. You know, and I guess it's kind of like people play like Words with Friends versus Scrabble. You know, what rule set do you want to go in there playing under? Yeah, if you just if if, it's, if you walk in there and the rules are da, 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 and it's just not for you, you know what? Then maybe you either go in there with a different mindset, or you tell them, you know, what's the point? It's not, it's not, it's not for you. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, you, and, and, the, that that way you know going in, and it's your choice if you're gonna play. Right. It's just like us. I'm not saying that we're anybody special or anything like that. But my mommy says I'm yeah, special. Your mommy's wrong. Uh, <laughs> We don't go in and tell people that we are reviewers. Not till the end. Uh, try not to. There is one time we did, and I think, well, a couple times that we did. And I think it was pretty good for us, but I think it also put other people on their toes more and gave us a false yeah, false positive. Yeah. Uh, we try not to tell anybody that we do reviews. Of course, we're also not looking for anything, any kind of, free things or anything like that to so we don't mention it we pay full price 99 percent of the time um no begging but, here yeah no begging here but we don't tell anybody that we're reviewers simply because we want to experience the real experience that the that these people will give you that these gms that these game masters and these managers and these other employees would give anybody off the street that wants to play the game yeah uh, we ran into this. We played two games. The place is now closed. Yes. Um, and we have no idea what their real name was because they went by two different names. It was up in <laughs> yep. Norwich. And we were looking forward to these games. Yep. And we had nothing but a bad experience. And this is where we talked earlier that you walked out. Yep. To, we, we asked for a clue. Waited a few minutes, asked for the clue again, waited for a few minutes. We could hear the lady talking outside. We had no idea what she was doing until finally you walked out into the room, Phil, or into the hallway and says, hey, where's our goddamn clue? Oh, well, oh, oh, I'm trying to get the other group. Two, two game masters. Yep. All right. We gave them a bad review on our uh, video page at the time. And the person who owned the place commented saying well if you told us you were reviewers you would have had a, we would have treated you better we don't want that that was the whole point of it 
In my mind, that's the worst thing you could say. That is the worst thing. That means that you run a shitty business. Yeah. And you purposely treat people like crap unless they're a review company or a review group that may give you a great review if you treated them right. Yeah. No. That's why we don't. Try not to tell well, anybody. that's like saying, hey, listen, you know what? We're going to review this place, and it gets kind of expensive. Could we get a break? Because, you know, we're going to review you. And not saying that it's going to affect the review, but, you know, if we could get it for free, you know, maybe the review is a little bit better. Or, you know, can you give us a discount, and we'll mention you on our TV show. Or our video show, or our podcast, or this or that. We'll, get we'll put you on your website. Award. Yeah, we'll give you this, that, the other thing. No, we don't care. We want the we want the real. Um, how do you say it? Experience. Experience. You're right. We got the we want the real experience from day one. Now people know who we are. Don't get me wrong. Uh, we just did our 250th room. No, nope. and they're like. Oh, we remembered there was you guys. What, you know, why'd you pay for the room? We would have given it to you for nothing. It's like, because we want to pay for the room. We were up in New Hampshire, that that one we did at the end of the day, uh, Portsmouth. Yep. Right, where the girls were playing. And it was the end of the day. We didn't have reservations. Walked in on a limb. What's the first thing the girl says to me? Oh, we heard your podcast. She goes, I know who you are. Yeah. Oh, that was the trip that we actually told people we'd do the podcast. Yeah. She says... I know who you are. We, we've 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 seen you on TV. We talked the, to you through email, and we yeah. totally forgot we both talked to them through email. Or no, we didn't think we were gonna have enough time, so we never answered back. And we had enough time. But it is cool to walk in and have yes. people say, "Oh yeah, I know who you are." Right. But getting back to the topic, I mean, we are getting a little. But well, punishing players. You know, I think the other thing I think inadvertently punishes players, and I don't know if it actually falls into this or one of the other topics. Is the use of colors? Um, well, let's add our own thing to it. You know, you can't. And I'm the first one to say, you can't make a whole business of puzzles without having colors of some kind involved. Right? Yeah, you can't. No, you're it's, 100%, it's just 100. You know, right. but when you have a room that's 90 percent color, like we've done, the Lego room, or yeah. uh, I don't know if it was a Lego room, but it was a toy room. The toy room, right? You know. And you get someone like me that's colorblind, then, you know, you spend three quarters of the room just sitting there. Right. You know, and is that, I don't know if that's considered punishing me, but I think that when you bring this up, a lot of the designers don't even realize that, that there's a certain number of people that just can't physically do this game. Or... The other thing would be flashing lights. Um, you do flashing lights to make a code. Some people have problems with that. Right. You know, it causes, yeah. you know, uh, the spins or whatever. Epileptic. Or the Seizures. other thing that, that gets me is, and you can do this one easy. I can't get it for to save my life. But uh, when it's a musical one and there's oh, tones, just the notes. Yeah. and you have to match the tones. You know, I know it's a popular thing to do because it's different. Um, but some people, like myself, I can't do it to save my life. So to me, that falls under punishing a player inadvertently. 
Inadvertently, yes. Yes. Some people could be tone deaf and everything sounds the same. To you, colors blend together, so most colors look the same. You sent me a picture of the of the, the art store. Yeah. Of every single color. Now, you just said it all looks the same to me. Yeah. I see four colors there, and you're like, yeah. there's 400 colors right. there. <laughs> right. Actually, I had shown Steph that. And she's but no, you're 100 percent right. And we brought that up and people are like, oh, wow. Never even thought about color blindness. And then other people were like, yeah, but but gave the, pretty much the explanation that you can't do everything perfectly all the time. Right. And yes, you do need colors or but if you used prime colors and not colors that look identical. Right. Keep them as far apart on the color wheel as possible. You could do black and white. But not do gray. Yeah. Okay. Gray's gonna look more white to you. Well, to me, gray and silver are just about identical. They are. They're. I would. They're, I would. I would they're, say they are. they're identical to me. And we've run into that. And well, this one's gray and this one's silver. How, how, how am I yeah. supposed to know? Right. You know. I was. I remember a that. lot of reds and oranges. Reds and oranges. Greens and yellows. Greens and yellows. Blue and purple. Yeah. Of course, red and blue make the purple, but if you put a red and a blue together, there is a chance you're going to see a difference. How many times have I said to you, oh, that the it's, it's yellow, and you're like, what, the green one? Right. There's no or yellow on there. That's yellow. What do you mean, the white one? Yeah. Or just little, or that's white. What do you mean, the yellow one? Yeah. Be- just because of the way the lighting was, that red. Yeah. No, and granted, we learned to work that way, but... Um, and and the, the, the other thing that goes along with it and being two short little meatballs is the height of things. Yes. You know, if you're meant to be viewed head on, then you could either have a stool there or right. have it be some kind of an adjustment thing where it's just up and down. Right. Because if it's meant to be viewed at a certain height and you're four inches below that height, you get a totally different answer. And we've run into that. It's a couple times. A couple times. Um, even grabbing things above doorways. Yeah. There should be a stool, or you can call it a cheater if you have to, if you want to, but it should be something that you can use. Yeah. There should be player aids. Yeah. That's where it comes down to, player aids. Yeah. On all reality. Um, you have anything on this? Lee? No, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> He's just listening to us ramble. Uh, and then last, last, there's... Uh, Ask yourself the three F's. Is it fair? Is it fun? Or is it frustrating? Those are a good standard right there. It is. That's a good a good set of questions. It is. And I think we should implement those three questions. With a fourth one. Well, into our reviews. Is it filling? Is it fulfilling? Fulfilling. Is it fulfilling? I like that. Because we've played games where we walked out. And said, geez, that was a great game. I could have used two more puzzles in it. But I could have. We've played other games that you walked out and we say, I don't have to play another game. I'm good for tonight. But uh, I like having those those questions there. As he's typing it into his computer. So well, he doesn't we forget gotta him. remember him. So he doesn't forget him. I think it's. I think the right kind of game combines all elements of all. There should be a little frustration because you don't want it to be too easy. 
you want so you want the challenge. It has to be fun because why else why we bother doing it? Yep. You know, and fair, yeah. You know, there are things sometimes there's some parts of the game that you just may get without the assistance and you shouldn't be penalized for saying, Hey, I need, need help on this. As long as you're calling out and asking for it in one way, shape or form, I, I have no problem with it, do, it making it its way to make it uh, equitable. And I think the other side of being fair is uh, we've played some games that the puzzles are just so hard that the guy did it to prove he's smarter than you. We did one in Connecticut here where it took the guy that created it three or four tries to get the thing lined up right. And he still couldn't do it. Which is the same place we talked about. The door said, do not touch stickers. Right. So in my Uh, mind, if the guy that created it can't do it within, you know, three, four, five tries, that's not really a fair puzzle. Well, look at lock and clue where the owner couldn't get, even get the tolerances right on the first on one his to game. Open, on his own game yeah. that he bitched about that we were doing it wrong. Yeah. Well, he just couldn't take – another person who couldn't take constructive criticism or criticism in general. Right. Uh, that was a whole company like that. But, but uh, yeah, yeah, no, I think you're right, Lee. I think it is a combination of all of those. And uh, I think that's a good gauge. I think it really is. I think that's a way we're going to look at it now. Yeah. I mean, we take it as, too, is it fulfilling? Um, Let's look at the game. Um, Same place, uh, Lee, you and your wife were there. I think it was your first escape room. It's that place, but me and Philip, little Philip and Becca, finished the the last two rooms there. Yep. Uh, There was one game was great. An incredible, really well done wow factor. The whole nine yards. We the beat best it. immersion we had seen yeah. up to that point at this place. We did great. Beginning to end was phenomenal, except for the fact that when we won, we still had almost a half an hour left. Right. And we were satisfied, but we were pissed because it only took us a half hour to get through it. And we said, you know what? If we had two more puzzles in this game. Yep. That would have been a 15-minute thing yep. at least. And we, because you know us, we're not looking to get out in a half an hour. We paid for an hour. We want to experience the whole room. Yep. And mm-hmm. so that's where we, we get with fulfillment. We were not fulfilled. Yeah. And more and more when we do these games and we walk out, that is one of the first things we say is either, you know what, I could really go for another game. Or I'm good. I'm good. One and done. I'm yeah. good. Let's go home. Let's let's grab something to eat. Right. And uh, I agree. I think that's I think that's a, a good one to add on to there. But I think we nailed this list. I think we did too. I think we're all done with this. Lee, do you have any other topics that go along with this list that you think should have been added? Um, there's probably more, but I think that, uh, for this podcast, I think we could probably conclude it with, uh, thanking Mr. Chu for putting together such a comprehensive list. Yeah. And then a future podcast, we can delve in this further. Like, you know, one of the things that comes to mind is of this list, what one is the priority that you guys would feel needs to be paying attention to the most. This one's no particular order that was presented to us. Yep. Right. But. You know, so there's things we can definitely dive into further, and even some of the commentary that was done earlier with respect to you know, you guys don't advertise 
when you go into a place who you are and people figure it out at some point, but that's just like, you know, a food critic. They don't necessarily want to be noticed to criticize, to criticizing a restaurant. They want to go there as a regular person that's experiencing the, and don't have any specialized treatment because they want to be able to report on the authentic experience. Yep. Of course we do walk in there with a shirt and that the whole front of the shirt says, DIU escape crew in a printed bandana that says DIU escape crew in a sweatshirt. You'd be surprised. You would be surprised that people (laughs) don't notice it, though. Right. That's (laughs) what's great. And that is a good segue into if you are looking for swag, hop on our website. DIU escape crew dot com. Pick up all the swag you want. All the swag, man. Many different designs. So much stuff. You could be part of the crew, the escape crew. <laughs> Check us out on Facebook. Check us out on Twitter. It's all DIU Escape Crew. C R U E, spelt like Motley Crew. Yeah. Um, we want to thank Lee for coming on to the show tonight. The today. bad man. And thank you, boys. For- yeah. And giving us his perspective of some of these things on this. Uh, what is. Uh, the article from Review the Room uh, Things Escape Rooms Need to Stop Doing in 2022 I know we went off subject here and there and whatnot and little tirades but thank you Mr. Alan Koo Co? whatever your last name is from yeah. reviewtheroom.co.uk when he listens to this podcast he could hit he us does. back up with the We'll tag pronunciation of his name. Yeah, we'll tag him in it. We'll tag the place in it anyway. I follow them on Facebook. They are a review website. They're more based in the UK. They have some reviews in the US. Um, there's They have quite a bit of things in here. Full list of reviews, rating system. Uh, I like it. Actually, I want to mention, I want to see this because their, their, their rating system is pretty cool. One bulb to five bulbs. Okay. One bulb, avoid doing this unless you desperately need your escape room fix. Although you may come away feeling worse than you did before you went in. (laughs) (laughs) Been there. (laughs) Done that. Been there, done that. (laughs) I just had to read that one because that is like the greatest thing. Five stars. I can think of three rooms off the top of my head that (laughs) fit into that. And then five stars. To get five stars, you've got to be pretty special. Something about the room, your organization, and the GM will have stood out as being better than the norm and are close to perfection. Definitely do these rooms. Uh, so I could see that. We've had that, too. Yeah. Uh, but I still love that. Avoid doing this room desperately unless you need your escape room fix. And, yes, we've, had, we've done rooms like that just yes. to get the escape room fix. So, uh, but... Anyway, again, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you, Lee. Uh, yes, Lee, thank you again. I think uh, Lee's been on more than anyone else right now. So far. Yeah. we got to keep that streak going. He's a returning guest. That's a good thing bad thing? Uh, <laughs> hey, we've had two, two real guests on this podcast, and you were the very first in-studio guest. Yep. And uh, you're now our third in-studio guest. Yep. <laughs> or not in studio, but now remote guest. Yep. And I think we're going to make this happen a little bit more. I like talking about these topics and not so much reviewing and pretty much 
saying the same thing over and over and over again. Well, this was a different way of doing it. We have two, almost two and a half hours of a podcast here, um, and it didn't feel like it's been that long. Well, we had said so, on our very first show uh, that not only was it going to be review, but all things kind of gamey. In all things, escape room. Yeah, escape related. room gaming. Not gamey. But yeah, all things room. around the escape room experience. Yes. And you know this fits right into it. We've done a couple other things similar, but yeah, it is good to to talk about things that aren't so specific to a specific room. Right. Right. And you don't have to worry about spoilers. <laughs> well, especially some of the ones we did because the places we talked about a lot of them are closed. Yeah. So it is what it is. There are no spoilers, but. We're going to find some more articles. Uh, Lee, if you come across any, if you, you know, you're bored sure. and you're just looking through and you think, oh, this would be pretty cool to talk about. Yeah. Bring it in. Anybody on? Yeah, that, anybody in our. Hold on one second. Let's just throw this plug in and then I'll have you talk. Anybody who thinks sure. they got a good article, send it to us on Facebook, DIU Escape Crew. C R U E. Like Motley Crew. Yes. Go ahead, Lee. I was going to say, we, you know, there's definitely some topics I want you to. I would love to because of my own personal curiosity, I'll just share it publicly on your, your take on certain things that we've seen or some of the things you guys have seen that I have yet to do. So I look forward to a, a more or less addressing the question. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Q&A with us, with you hosting. Yes. That could be a scary thing. Because he's a bad man. He's a bad man. <laughs> but again, thank you everybody for tuning in. I'm Dom. I, that is Dom. And I am Phil. That's Phil. And that is Lee. Is it? That's me. That's, That's me. the rumor. <laughs> me. Ladies and gentlemen, good night. Until next time, peace Don't out. Hear from us when you hear from us.